thanks Pat for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. So we, as we, as we spoke on the pre-call, um, Brandon introduced us to you. Um, so a massive shout out to Brandon. Um, so when he introduced us to you, we uh, checked out your content and your website and just have a look into what you actually do and some of his like really cool shit that you're doing. Um, one thing, so me and Cameron, we quite early on in our sort of spiritual journey finding ourselves. Um, so we started the podcast, we've been down like the conspiracy rabbit hole and now we're sort of coming out of that rabbit hole and going down this whole new path. Um, and when we spoke to Brandon, he sort of caught us early on in that transition period. And it was such an eye-opening call we had with him. And we're just sort of at a moment now where we're just trying to learn as much as we can about spirituality and seeing what aligns with us and how we can use it to make us like sort of better people. And yeah, so one question I've got, and we always hear it coming up in podcasts we've had and stuff we research and listen to is manifestation. We we just want to know what is manifestation and how does it actually work? So, so the best way that I can answer that question, um, it's kind of because there's so many different ways to look at it. And there's so many different points of view from what you might call like a human sense of self perspective that you have to ask who is asking the question. If you ask who's asking the question that you just asked, then you can get a lot more clarity into what the word and the label rep represents or means as far as like a person's journey of going from a person back to the source. That makes sense. So to, to say who is asking what is manifestation is from the point of view of a person who believes that there's a thing called manifestation that the person can use to bring things it wants to itself. And in, in that sense, in the moment, as you're identifying yourself, you're identifying yourself as something separate from the source that is constantly manifesting and unfolding in every moment. So just to simply ask the question, how do I manifest something? We're missing it automatically. And it's, there's a part of like the spiritual journey where you, and I say spiritual, and I'll use air quotes heavily there because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of weight or baggage, if you will, around the term itself, around the term, any term that's used inside of the new age spirituality aspect of what you might call a higher conscious living or perspective or, or kind of flowing with life. There's a lot of baggage. So if you say a word like manifestation, if you say a word like God, if you say a word, you know, like self or spirituality, there's a lot of baggage attached. So when you think about a word, that has baggage that that means that everyone who's listening has a preconceived idea of what that means for them a and it's all going to be different right so it's twice removed from what reality is you have what what's actually happening which is this what we're going to talk about today i have no doubt like what's actually happening and then you have and you can't stop it from happening it's happening not something you have to do something that's happening and then you have the word that is a representation of what's actually happening. And then you have the meaning people give the word and that's subjective for each 
seven, eight billion people are listening to this podcast. They each have a different idea, even though there might be, like we talked about in the pre-call, a theme. They each have a different idea of what it is and then and then a story about it. Oh, manifest. Oh, that's bullshit. That's garbage. That doesn't work. Blah, blah. Oh, man, I've heard about that. I'm going to tr- I'm going to try that. Oh, that's, it's amazing. I'm really good at it. Right. Like, oh, I know what it is, but I'm really bad at it. So like it's it's everyone has their own view. So to ask what it is, you can only go to the to erase all of the baggage, forget about the meaning of the word and then dive into like what might be happening inside of what you might call a spiritual journey. I promise you this is going to answer the question. Just I have to take the long way around. <laughs> I, I, I have to take the long way around. Um, so when you have like, we'll call it paradigm one, a person who is not awake yet, right? Awakening, spiritual awakening, right? Like there's a person who is not awake yet. That's paradigm one, we'll call it. And then you have Paradigm two, where now there's a, the person has, they've become awake, right? And there's a bunch of different ways to kind of define what that is. But just to put it simply, in most cases, it's a person who is who is aware of the story and no longer so much in it or identified with it, meaning like they're like, oh, I have a story and it seems to be my own. It's not just life as it is. And this hectic unfolding of like, you know, traumatic stamps of your body, just reactive, you know, and, and addictive behavior. Like you're aware of patterns. That's the way I kind of like to explain it. You're aware of patterns. You weren't maybe aware before when you were like addictively texting your ex all of the time that like, that was your, that was your body. That was like a cellular call from your body and your personal mind to get relief in some way. Maybe you weren't aware of that. So maybe it had to create so much chaos in your life manifesting. You weren't aware that you were manifesting anything, but this is what was happening. You were giving your energy and attention to something. You weren't aware that you were coming from a powerless place. You're giving your power to something outside of you. You're trying to seek it and get it and bring you relief. And then it crashes again. Or maybe there's a temporary relief and then it crashes again. So most of us, when we say we're on a spiritual journey, have gone through that crash of that personal person body and mind, the Pat Mahan of it all, seeking outside of itself to get validation or love or acceptance or something from the world. Most of us have gone on that journey for long enough to realize that there's something missing. It's not out there. So when I reference the word spiritual, I'm referencing only because it's the best word we have so far, even with all the baggage, the, the a person's journey from the, trying to seek satisfaction or love outside of itself and it begins to to no longer want to do that. It it knows that it's not going to be another something that does it this time. It knows that it's not going to be the promotion that does it this time. It knows that it's not going to be getting this person back anymore that does it. Like there's something to be looked at. And usually we're we're diving within, right? You're you're looking, you're reading the power of now. You're reading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. You're, you know, you're reading um all of these books that where people are talking about, you know, the the inside world. And what is that? And being introspective and and aware of your thoughts and aware of like, so we're always doing this thing called manifesting. But before I was unconscious as to what I was bringing to my my space. So the first part of this, when you're like realizing like, oh, I'm aware of this voice. I'm aware of this body. That pattern creates chaos. And I used to blame that chaos on the world. It was the world's fault. It's your fault. It's it's everyone's fault but mine, right? Like going from victim to hero. So, so when you're kind of like sitting like, okay, so I'm always bringing things to me. 
my energy and attention. It's just true. It sounds like woo woo, but it's not like what you put your attention on. It, it expands. It brings more of it to you. So in the early part of a spiritual journey, when you're referencing manifestation as a word, it's it's like, okay, people want to just bring more. They There's this thing that happens, the energetic force of the universe that I can use. It's still separate at this point. I can use this power of the universe, uh, this energy, and I can bring things to me. And they try to bring more stuff to them, not realizing that they're doing the same thing that they were doing from unconscious ego. So it's not, what can I bring to me that will still satisfy me, but now I'm going to use the powers of the universe. It's like, why am I bringing all this shit to me? What, why is this coming? Why, do, why does this keep happening? happening why do i keep finding myself in the same relationship over and over the same literal person with a different face like why do i keep having money issues like why, where's my money going why can't i bring more like so it's all of these questions referencing why you're bringing what you're bringing to you and then you dive a little bit deeper and you start to realize like the whole point of this part when i say who is asking there's a there's this aspect of what you might call like what i teach which is like the an aspect of self-realization, right? So there's an overall theme. So none of this matters or makes any sense at all until you realize what the theme is. And the theme is that the you that you think you are is not the you that you ultimately are. The you that you think you are is what you might call temporary, for lack of a better word. In order to know what temporary is, you have to know what infinite is, at least as a concept, because we live in a polarizing aspect of reality. We live in, in on earth, we'll call it. Um, where you have to know what dark is to know what light is. You have to know what up is to reference depth. You have to. So so you can't, uh, and the fact that you are aware of one means that the other exists, even if you're unaware, like, or unable to see or feel it. So the people who are in the worst, darkest, lowest places, and they'll call me or talk to me or work with me, and they'll be like, there is no light. It's impossible. I can only manifest, or I'm only in the darkness. I can't, there's no... The fact that they are referencing so powerfully that they understand what the dark is proves, if you're willing, it proves that the light exists. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a frame of reference for why you feel so bad. So, so the journey is real, is I found is the journey of realizing, like, you know, they call it the, the veil of forgetfulness, right? The lifting the veil, spiritual awakening, lifting the veil. I believe it was the Greek. I don't remember. It literally like the apocalypse means lifting the veil it's it's being aware of what you were, weren't otherwise aware of and your life and world will never be the same that's like the apocalypse right so the journey is to realize that you think you're a separate self you think you're a body you think you're a personal mind your personal story your awareness is on that and whatever that is or has been developed that's what your life is right now you have manifested the life based on your lens of self-perception and then that degree of whether you believe you are connected to or separate from life around you. That's the, the literal key to everything. The journey is who do you think you are? What do you think this is? Do you think you're this separate body and with a personal mind and you're separate from, I'm separate from you and you and I'm separate from life and everything that happens for me, it's separate. If it works out for me, awesome. That was meant to be. But if it doesn't work out for me, that's bullshit. And this, that, that can't, what, what, that can't mean anything, right? So like, we're constantly judging ourself versus the self and our body versus our environment. So I believe, and I found through at least the, the journey that I've been on so far is that you are on, a, on the path to realize what the truth is for you. And I believe that as far as collectively as humans, that truth is the same. It's not my truth, it's not your truth. There's no, there's no single person who owns it. 
or can speak to it. We all have it. We're just blocked to it to different degrees. So I promise you it's coming. When you say who is asking the question, what is manifesting? How can I do it? It's coming from the separate pers perspective, from the person that thinks they need to control something, from the person that thinks they need or want an outcome to be happy, from the person that wishes their life was different than it was. So that is what, it, even if you're good at manifesting, there's something missing still. There will not be enough money. There will not be enough in the way of cars. There will not be enough people or relationships or partners coming in and out or like the, the perfect partner will always elude you if you think that the power is outside of you. So so what the where I believe, like when you're like, we were just coming out of something and you were talking to Brandon about this powerful you know shift that you guys were having and, and how important those conversations are. The different levels that you experience this are very, very, even though it's a gray area in the middle, once you get to one or the other, you're like, oh, that was that level. Like you just kind of, once you pop out of it, you're like, oh, that was that level. So when I was in, does that make sense? So when I was in victim mode and victim story in my life, it, I was in it. There was no, like, there was no, I, everything was somebody else's fault. No responsibility on my end. The, the world is shit. Uh, this is garbage. Why does this keep happening to me? Waiting for the next shoe to drop. Like I was in it. My personal story was, th that's all that I gave my attention to. And as, as a result, that's all I saw in my life. Reality, if there's one reality, who cares? It was what it was. But my blanket perception of that reality was, this is shit. I can't stand this. I can't stand me. I can't stand you. Nothing ever works out. I would see someone happy and be angry. I would see someone else happy, like my friends. And I would be angry because my personal story was just like the victim. Now there's another level of the victim after the victim. And it's basically the empowerment phase, which is where most people in manifestation find themselves. The, the I that was a victim, the ego of the victim starts to learn a few things. And starts to take a little bit of responsibility for itself. And it starts to realize that there is this power that I can yield. And I'm going to work with this universal power to try to change things in my life. And that's where a lot of like self-help comes from. That's where a lot of the law of attraction teachings come from. It's not that they're true or not true. They're, energetically, I believe they're legit. They're just not the end game. They're a part of the process. So when the empowered ego gets a hold of something called the law of attraction, boy, it's game on. And it can and will work, or it won't work, depending on your lens of self-perception. Like what, whether you believe it works or not, that's the only thing. So some, when I was in that phase, people were like, what's the best manifestation option? Is it where you pour, you set an intention on a glass of water, and then you pour another glass of water into it, and you meditate on it? Like, is it that one, or is it staring at the candle? Is it staring at the candle for how long? And then thinking of my intention and, you know, being as if like Neville Goddard, like, is that the best one? The best one is the one that you believe will work. Not because anyone is better than the other, but because the game relies on your belief and whatever you're doing. And when those things are in, in alignment, your intention, your, your thought process, as far as your sense of self-perception, whether you think it will work and your actions in the world, that shit's going to happen. It's something's going to happen. Whether or not it's the answer to what you're looking for, I could never say. And in nine times out of 10, it won't be, right? Because it's still the personal empowered I that is trying to change something about its life, not because it just wants to do something else that it loves or because it wants to give love in a different way, but because it still feels it's inadequate and it still feels that it's less than and it's it, the ego. When I say it, I just mean because no one is their ego. 
it's it's it, it's an it it's an entity that we're aware of and then we assume the role of it and then it plays itself out in our life so when i say it i'm being very specific so with that that energy is looking for stuff outside of itself self still in the name of spirituality and then it can even bash you for being spiritual to choose i'm i'm not spiritual enough i'm not good at this manifestation thing i just i wish i was better at it maybe i can call pat and ask him how to you know bring my ex something back like there's still that person who is it's it's a paradox because it's like i'm coming from the most powerless place ever but I have an idea, an intellectual concept of myself that says that I am powerful somehow. I just have to do something to access it. And then if I could just get this result, I'll realize my power and I'll feel better. And it's the same exact loop as if you were like a drug addict, like when I was trying to get pills all the time, it's the exact same loop, but it's using spirituality as its canvas. And it's comparing you against other spiritual people and it's, you know, the results aren't quick enough or good enough, but you're constantly still seeking in the world instead of trying to do what I believe is happening here, which is the next part of this. The next part after the empowerment part is what they call the awakened part. Now, the awakening aspect, and again, just for a label, I know there's other people like, oh, you said awakening. Like, I don't have a better word. It really feels like you're waking up from a dream. It feels like you're waking up from the dream of you. And again, in the middle of waking up from the dream of you, you're you're half awake and realizing who you are and what you are and what your power is or what your gifts might be. But the ego still has its hand in the pot and it's trying to get you to use them to bring it stuff still. So have you ever heard of non-doership, the idea of non-doing, non-doership? So, so it's basically the whole point of this whole, I believe, like life experience. One is you are a personal person who does things and what you do in the world defines who you are. This is most humans who are, we'll say, unawake or even partly awake. I, I still, everyone still struggle. I still struggle with it. <laughs> uh, but you're a personal person with a personal story who is, is living life in comparison to everything and everyone else as something that is separate from it. And it needs to perform. It needs to behave. It needs to do certain things in the world. And whatever it gets as a result of that, it's able to define itself by. And that's why if someone's like job changes or their relationship changes or their life experience, they move, like the story of them has shifted in their minds. And, and not only in their mind, but the story that they perceive others have of them as well shifts. And, and since none of those actions of doing to justify being is grounded within you, as you, by you, from you, it's still seeking from here, people lose their minds and they get lost in their mind, I should say, is more accurate. And then they try to like chase that again. And they try to, the balance is, is outside still. It's like juggling. You're trying to juggle all the balls, right? So the next aspect of this is, are you a personal doer who whose results in the world will finally allow you to relax and to be at peace and to feel abundant? And to write to to create and unfold and experience this life that you have imagined, are you that? Are you a separate person, or are you something you can't even imagine? Still, you, the you that references the you that we're talking about when you say "I am." So, like the "I am" of you, the awareness of a self, the awareness of the fact that you exist, 
And no one, you can't prove that to anyone but you, that own your own personal awareness of yourself is how far does that go? And is that who you really are? And that has a mind as well. And it's the one mind of everything. It knows everything. It is everything. And we are separated from it by the fact that we're identifying ourselves by this little personal story. And the more you pop out of the patterns of your personal story, you start to realize that there's like these epiphanies. And this seems to be like this intuition. And there's this guidance, stuff you did not know before that didn't come from anywhere else that now you have access to somewhere in here. And you're like, what is that? So the awakening aspect is realizing that there's a conscious experience of yourself and reality beyond the limited perspective that you used to have of who you used to be. And if you can nurture that, then it's tricky because the personal story of you, the ego, starts to lose the grasp on its reality. And it starts to fear that it's going to die because it is still, it's not a separate thing. It doesn't technically do anything. But it think you think you're it. You we're giving it power, just like we're giving everything else power. So we're giving the story of us power too. So we're actually giving the story of us power, so that when we start to shift our attention from it, it's designed to trick you into thinking you're gonna die if you do. Like, what are you gonna do? You can't trust anything. What do you What are you gonna do if you stop doing this thing that used to beat you? Like the dialogue, it's designed. So if you if we again, it's all about like including it as part of you instead of denying or running from it. If you can understand that you, there's no separate ego that's making you feel terrible because you want to shift your attention to something more positive that's aligned with you. We gave it power because we are actually more terrified of being who we are than we are playing it small. We're more scared of who we are and what we can do here. We're more scared of that than we are scared of being terribly small and powerless and I don't know what to do. Like we like that story. It sucks to hear, but we like that story because it means we don't have to like the us that hasn't realized who we are yet doesn't possibly understand that it has enough energy and balance and boundaries to live that way. It, it couldn't possibly understand like what that is. So anytime you ever hear about anybody who's like, they're starting to make changes in their life. They're starting to do better. They're starting to exercise. They're starting to like meditate. And then it actually starts to work. And then the next time you talk to them, they're back doing the same shit. And you're like, why, when it started to work, did you stop? Like the word self-sabotage, like self-sabotage. How does that make any sense? The self that you used to identify yourself to be that believes in those limitations, when it sees you start to become what you actually are, it's designed to pull you back down to what your old baseline used to be. Because it thinks that you being who you are is scary. And it's scarier than just being this whatever you used to be. So it brings you back down and that's your baseline and then you're safe. You'll complain about it all the time and fall back into victim, but that's your pattern, it's fine. It's like being in an apartment that you haven't cleaned for 20 years, but you live there for 20 years and you're fine. And you get into like this beautiful space and place and everything's where it's supposed to be. Let that person live there for two weeks and it's shit again. Because it's not the external that dictates what goes on in here. It's what your internal is, what you believe that is. That's what creates your external reality. And a lot of people call that manifesting. So now the next part is, do you think you're, same part, do you think you're separate or do you think that there's a you beyond the you that needs to control the game that actually has your best interest in mind, that you can actually trust? And by trust, that means let go of whatever you think you need to manifest in order to get whatever you think you want. 
And so non-doership is realizing that there is no doer of actions. It is consciously uh, as affected by the you that you think you are. So like Pat Mahan is not doing the dishes. Have you ever like, you're just doing the dishes, right? Like, think about it. You're doing the dishes. You're doing your thing. Like, is am I doing that? I would say if you walked in, hey, Pat, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just doing the dishes. I am doing the dishes. No, no, I swear to you. Like, no, I'm not. I set an intention when I was sitting on the couch watching Rick and Morty. And I was like, shit, I got to do the dishes. And then I somehow, I, I wouldn't even remember the process of going from the couch to being in the middle of doing the dishes. But somehow it happens. I set the intention. I got up. I got down. And I'm just sitting here doing the I'm probably thinking of, I don't even know what. But the dishes are getting done. So who's doing the dishes, right? It's it, What is that? What even is that? But we claim ownership of it. We think that we do everything and we need to do anything. But what's happening really is that there is, there's a body that, that also has a mind and it's cellularly programmed to, once you set an intention, your old patterns and behaviors, they just kind of happen. You ever dr- driven home from somewhere like a half an hour, like a half an hour, but you know the roads and then you pull in and you're like, how the f- did I get here? I don't remember one road. So this isn't even doing the dishes. This is like life and death, safety of yeah. you and everyone else. Like, and just you're playing with the radio. You're out here. You look, there's a deer going by. You're just like, and then you just snap up and you're like, I have gone 15 miles. And I don't know how, who was driving the car. So like the doership aspect of it, it's tricky for a lot of people who are like in ego, but it really is the shift of going from, okay, I'm a separate person. And uh, I have to do all of these things that I don't trust anything and I have to control it. And I have depression and anxiety because I'm just, I am that, that I is not enough. And the one thing that fixes that, or they say would fix that for most is that like, what if you could just trust that it was kind of like not done, meaning you can't do things differently every day or that you don't have a choice, but like, like, what if it was, if you just let go of not needing to think you needed to do something today. And by do, I don't mean take action. I mean, thinking that you are responsible for like knowing what to do and how to do it. Like if you were just like, hey, I'm going to let today unfold because not because I'm lazy, not because I don't want to do anything or I'm in some spiritual cult magical thing. And I think, but because I am it and I haven't listened to the me that I actually am for long enough to know what I actually might want. Half of the stuff that I would have told you manifesting or otherwise that I wanted in my life now that I like look back on it as I've been doing this work on myself and in the world for however long, I'm like, oh my God, thank God I didn't get any of that shit. Like I see the lives of the people that I said I needed in order to get out of bed today. Like I wanted to like, I wanted to get out of here so many days. And I mean, out of here, like, well, get me out off of this planet because I said I needed a certain person in my life. Or or like I said, pills in my life. I, I can't do that. I can't imagine my life without needing these things and then having them come to me. Uh, there's an I that knows better. I know I need this person. I know I need this. I know. Oh my God. It wasn't until I let go of the, the I that thought it needed those things. And I was like, what is it? So this, the next part is going to be tricky, but it's going to be great. The next part is like, so when they say like the surrender experiment, right? Even Neville and man- manifestation, like let go of the outcome, right? Cause that's something now you can bridge the gap between what we're talking about, egoic manifestation or egoic life creation versus the, the non-doership aspect of an awakening. So if the empowerment part, 
the manifestation part is an ego or a person that wants to bring things to it. The awakening part is realizing that life is living through you. So ego beforehand, like personal person, the personal I is trying to like work with the universe to create a life. Let me create a life. I'm a, that suits me. And an awakening viewpoint um, is living from your heart, if you will, in awareness of who you used to be, releasing judgment and trusting that there's a you that can guide you step by step every day if we just let go of thinking that this I needs to control it. And that's surrendering to what is, they call it. And it's actually powerful in manifestation, right? Like set your intention and let go of the outcome. You have to surrender to what is and let, you know, otherwise you're living in resistance. Like that's all true. It's just what the result they're trying to like get you to get, like then your car will come, then your person will come. It's still based on getting something. And so the last, like, it's not that you don't get things that you are wanting. It's that the ego is trying to get and who you actually are is trying to give. So what I'm trying to do in the work that I do is trying to switch it and, and get everyone to flip from the idea of thinking that like, you know, you overcome your past and you heal and you do shadow work and you figure out who you are as this powerful being so that you can get stuff. And I'm trying to switch that into the next part of the, the, this process of self-realization, which is from the empowered to the awakened. And in the awakened, you realize that you want to give more than you want to get because you understand that giving and receiving are the same thing. So, so instead of saying, what can I get today? And what can I, what can I manifest and how can I do it better? We say, what, what are, we're asking something that, again, this is where the trust comes in because you don't have, ego doesn't have evidence in the world of what you're about to do. You have to trust this. And that's the challenging part. You know, like ego can try to manipulate stuff to like make itself feel better. You can make yourself feel better if you like are, are waiting for outcomes or you're trying to control or manipulate. You can, you can feel a little bit better, but then you're always looking for the next thing. So now the next thing is, Okay, I don't want to do that anymore because I I I, ha I have had the money and I've had it and lost it and then got it back again and I was only happy when I was like on my way to it and didn't have it yet. Once I got it, I was like, it's now fucking what? Now what? You get everything you ever thought you ever wanted to manifest. You have no need for money. You're with the perfect person. You live in the most beautiful place that you could absolutely positively imagine. Now what? And the question of now what is where I'm working to try to get to in my own life and then to help other people through. It's flipping the whole manifestation thing on its head. And the second paradigm is saying like, if you can wake up every day and say, okay, I have, I have gifts. We all, that is something you have to allow for yourself. Do you believe? And there's people in victim that are like, I don't have any of it. And that's fine. Like, that's where you are. That's fine. There's no, no wrong answers here. Like if you're someone who is like, I don't have any gift. You're listening to this. I don't have any gift. Can't you share everything and share everything I do? Not true. You could feel the not true in that, but like, I'm not here to convince you. I'm just here to offer a, a potential like gradient scale of like, I know where that is. And there's something other than that. And, and you feel so bad that you don't have a gift only because that's a lie. You're attached to the truth that you do, which is why it feels good when like you're using your gifts and you're giving and you're doing something, even if you're unaware of what your gifts are, when you're giving and doing something, it feels good. When you're looking and seeking and trying to do something and saying, I don't have, or this isn't working, it feels bad. Not because it's true, because it's a lie. So if you're believing a lie, it feels bad. And if you are embodying and embracing and doing your best to offer whatever your truth is, whatever it is, 
it feels good. You're connected to both. So if your only job today was to figure out what your gift is and how you could use it, you would change your life in a week. If that was your only job, if you completely let go of trying to get more, and this is, I'm speaking also for myself, like with, I had to go through this with the podcast and just work and just, letting go of more views, letting go of this person coming, letting go of this, letting go of that. If you could just let go of whatever you're looking for out there to come to you and, and just be like, okay, all right, giving and receiving are one thing. So if I am someone who believes I need to get in order to feel good, then that means I'm coming from lack, they'll call it in the world of spirituality. I'm coming from lack. I'm believing that something added on to me will make me feel good. I am no longer feeling lack, right? And then uh, my world changes until you realize that it doesn't matter what actually comes. If you're coming from lack, once you get it, even if there's a temporary high, you're going to go right back to your baseline of believing your shit. And then over time, you're going to be like, oh, there isn't there isn't enough of what can There are many millionaires that jump off of bridges all day because it's not the money. There's people that are in the perfect relationship. I mean, this person, this human is perfect, but they believe themselves to be damaged. So therefore, in the presence of someone who really is amazing, they don't feel worthy and they ruin it. They sabotage it. They So it's not the thing you're bringing to you. It's really getting in line with who and what you are beyond the you that you used to think you were and asking how that version of you can give its gift in the world today, no matter how small, I don't care if it's rearranging the furniture. I don't care what it is. Like, how can you give what you have in the moment instead of asking for what you're going to get? And then you'll get anything and everything you ever thought you ever needed from lack, but it will be in, again, I'm using buzzwords, alignment. It's true alignment with you. You can't have all of these wonderful things added onto you and believe you're less than so that they level you to the to the level of what you thought that power was. You can't, you can't, it literally, you can't. It will not last for long um, until you fall back to what you think you are. And the thing missing from the humans that keep doing this on this loop, this manifestation loop over and over and over again is, and it's tricky because of the baggage of the word or the, the baggage of the idea but we're still trapped in the world of the personal mind. It's just been empowered to use universal laws to help it. Still a personal person. Um, you're still a personal body that's separate. We're still looking from the idea of separation instead of realizing that your life is a projection first. This is okay, a little bit down the rabbit hole. Are you guys okay with that part? Yeah. If I go down, if I go down yeah. the rabbit hole. Let's go. So... So most people, when you're coming from separation and you think you're a person, you're a body, right? When you're born, there's four levels uh, of like self-realization. And this is not my thing. This has been taught for thousands of years, but the first level is like the gross body. And it's the first part that like, imagine like when you woke up in this dream here, right? And we'll just call that like when you're a kid and you become aware of yourself, right? For like the people who weren't down the rabbit hole, like just there was a time in your life and your storyline where people pointed at you and they were like, or me, and they were like, Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. And I'm just like, I got nothing. I don't know what a Pat is. I don't I don't know what a name is. I don't know what you're doing. You keep pointing at me and making funny faces and you keep saying this Pat word. And then one time, somehow, we all figure out that your parents, guardians, friends, family, oh, you're talking about, and then here it comes, me. There, there comes a me. And because we're not really fully aware of like maybe language or words, we haven't gone to school yet, we don't have a vocabulary, that me is referenced as a, as a body. So the first I you reference as yourself is, is the body. 
there were a bunch of kids on the playground and you're sitting there and you're like, Hey, come here. And they like didn't know their names. Like they would all go me, like me, who are you talking me? Like, this is what they're doing. Right. So the first thing that you identify yourself as the body, which is why where the real fears start to come in. If you, this is like child psychology stuff, which I, again, I'm not accredited in, but I speak to it quite a bit in my own life. Um, as far as like understanding how it had an impact and how relevant that is. Like anytime I was left alone, anytime I didn't know where my mom and dad were in the mall, anytime that my you know sister like bullied me or beat me up, like all of that is an attack on myself, on a me. And it begins to develop a lens of self-perception. I am either like accepted or I'm not. And if I'm not accepted, I'm not safe. So I need to figure out how to get safe because I don't want to be, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. So the first thing you're doing is I. The next thing you're doing is you start to develop a dialogue. You start to develop a vocabulary. And now comes in the actual, what most people refer to as an ego, which is your personal mind. It's the story of Pat that only I am aware of. And it not only contains what I give it as far as attention and the direction. I'm the script writer, I'm the producer, I'm the director, I'm everything of what I contain, what cont is contained inside of my own story that you guys don't have access. No one has access to it. But I nothing but hear it all the time. So in the beginning, I don't know that that's like a program. And I don't mean that to sound like woo woo. I mean, it's like a program. Imagine it as just a computer program. They even say, Google it. You think like what is 60,000 thoughts, 80% to 90% of those are the same thoughts every day. Just the momentum of the story of you continues. And we unconscious to the idea that we can do something else, continue to give it attention. So the more attention we give the story, and then the more meaning we give that story, positive or negative as defined by us, it is projected from internally, your inter inner experience of the dream, if you will, it's projected out for you. For forget, like some people get confused and like, so I projected that lamp. So I projected that, 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 that's, that's like inception rules. And if you ask me at the deepest level of this, yes, <laughs> but, but you don't have to go that far down the rabbit hole to get this. He, he, us three, we, we can go on a beautiful walk down this unbelievable trail, right? And for two miles and get to the end of it. And if I was doing what I would want to do, which is be hyper aware of everything around me and looking at the butterflies and the flowers and look at the rocks and oh my God, look, look at the sky and the sun's out there. If that was it, because my intention was to go on a walk today and someone else is with me and they're just in their story about how the girlfriend is a piece of can And we get to the end of the same trail. We could be walking arms linked. And I'd be like, that was the most amazing trail ever. Did you see? And they'd be like, I didn't see shit. I saw nothing. This trail is garbage. Can we go home? Right? Like, so your inner whatever, for whatever reason you choose at that point, is projected for you to see. You're seeing the concept of yourself defined by your story, the body, then the personal mind, and then there's another part. Um, and it's called the great causal body. It's what some people would call the soul, the spirit, the part of you that's perfect, but doesn't, you, you're not realizing that you are that yet, right? The, uh, karma is attached to this. The soul attaches itself in lack to all these things outside of itself because it forgot who it was. And it is perfect in the mind of the all. Some people would call it God or whatever, but like, there's a lot of baggage. We'll talk about that. But the part of you that is the universe, the part of you that did come from the the whatever did this, like you are the same as that, but you we've developed a personal mind that says we're separate from it. So how could it possibly be in ourself, you know, our best interest? And look at all the terrible things in the world down here. And, oh, this is hell and all that stuff. Like, true to a degree, because 
no one has realized what they are or only very few people have. So they think it's separation. So they think you're different, you're separate, attack enemy, try to be safe. And it's just working its way out down here because everyone is believing this dream that they're all separate from each other. And at the higher levels of the game, you realize like how ridiculous that is, that we're all the exact same thing and that we're all connected to one consciousness. And the thing that separates us from that is the fact that you think that you're separate from it. The second you say, I'm separate from it, it develops a story of you. And that story is tragic and it keeps us from it. And that's why when most of the people that you talk to who have had like a very powerful awakening inside of that awakening, even though it sounds funny and a little cliche, they come back down, right? They come back into this space and they're like, oh my God, this is all crazy. Everything is one thing. It's all one thing. I'm the flowers. I'm the sun. I'm the moon. It sounds so funny. I get it. But that's the truth of what happens to virtually anyone and everyone who ascends in consciousness to that space. You realize like this universal truth that it's all connected. Once you're back down here in, in your story, again, kind of like in the maze of it, so you can say that it's like above the maze, in the maze. Um, once you're back down in that space, people who have had a, an awakening experience, they remember what they were shown. They remember how real it was. They remember the truth of what they felt about all of this. And they come back and they like may even be very, very different for weeks. Like it could be completely life-changing, right? For weeks, what they what they were shown and told about what this life is and how powerful we're all connected and giving and loving. And that's the answer. Like those things are just palpable like inside of you. But then in time, because this is like the space of time, um, the old story starts to creep in. And then there's you become a person again who remembers some profound truths, but doesn't have faith in them enough to blindly live it in its day anymore. And so now the person goes on an endless journey to try to prove those truths back to itself in the world that we're all connected and we're all one. And it tries to do like, it gets, you can get really confused in the spiritual journey of volleying back and forth, wanting to trust in this thing, wanting to believe there's a higher mind and something that knows more than I do and knows more than everyone and wants to believe in a plan where like this all works out and I can just kind of like let go today. And, and as long as I'm like not letting go, cause I give up, but like letting go and just kind of use what's given to me because I believe that there's this plan that I've been fighting. I just, I just can't stop fighting it because I don't have enough faith in the plan because I keep seeing all the shit that's been created. So we keep living in what we're seeing instead of realizing that like, of course you're living in what you're seeing because you think that you're, all right, this is going to tie this. You think that you're perceiving something outside of you that you're the victim of or that you can't trust. All we're seeing is the representation of a projection of 8 billion humans who don't fully all believe the truth yet. So people who are disconnected and believe they're separate at the worst levels, they abuse, they destroy, they steal, they ruin, they kill, They wars are a good idea. Like It's ridiculous. But if you knew that it was all you, all one, and I don't mean all you, pat my hand. That's not, that's not even, a, I'm just using it to kind of talk to you guys. You know what I mean? Like that's just like an interface. But, but the conscious aspect of this life and reality, if you realize that it was all just you, one you that we all are, and we get to kind of play this experience with each other, 
And who knows what can happen if when we do. We haven't done it long enough to figure out what happens when we all play nice, realizing that we're all the same thing and that it's okay to like want things and inspire to do things and bring new ideas and thing concepts in the world. If you want to talk about the word manifestation, there's nothing that you are looking at in your life anywhere outside of, and not outside of, but we'll just to make it easy, like outside of, we'll say natural things like rocks and planets and the earth, right? Like the, we still think that's separate. There's nothing that you're looking at in your life that wasn't air quotes manifested. Look around you, everything, the house, you're, the shirt, the computer we're using, the technology for this, like that. It was from the nothing, nothing, no thing, thoughts, consciousness, space, imagine it, ideas, epiphanies, whether it was from the worst intentions or the best intentions, right? It's all polarization down here. Can't have one without the other. So it's hard to judge the worst intentions, but you can use the worst intentions to move into the space where you only have good intentions. And then you don't need to live down here anymore, right? So like everything you're looking at was manifested. Everything. So people like, it doesn't work. It's like, it, it, it can't not. Everything is that. So now go one step further. And you're saying like, okay, everything was manifested here on earth so far from the mind. There were humans walking around and let, there were no iPhones. There was no laptops. There was no desks. There were no houses. There were just humans walking around. And somehow, I don't claim to know how, but somehow in the story, those from nothing around us, look around you. Look at what a city is. Look at like, where did that come from? Some part of the mind, meaning non-physical, and now it's here, it's physical, right? So 300 years ago, if I went to you and I was like, I am going to take this piece of glass that I found and some whatever, and I'm going to, we're going to be able to talk and I'm going to be able to see you across the world. You would be burned. You'd be burned. But now here you are and look at all this crazy stuff. And we're just like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, sure. It's FaceTime. We're, we're, we're ridiculous. So, so now this is the, a, a great question. Where does everything that human beings now and the reason why I keep doing this in this way is because the answer is to have faith and trust in something that most people think either doesn't exist or that they're separate from. So the process of self-realization is going through the victim. It's going through empowerment. It's going through the awakening. It's going through manifesting spiritual processes to realize that you're one with the source of this game. It's not separate, like the whole, it doesn't matter what religion or ideology, but there's a lot of references to like, a, a source, a father and a son, right? Like, but they're one and the same and they're, that's in you. Like, I get it. And, and and I'm not saying that it is or isn't real. I'm saying that what it's referencing is what I think is happening here. That the second you think you're a separate thing and you believe you're separate from the source, then you start to live a life to whatever degree of separation you believe about yourself and the source. So most people don't go from... I'm disconnected, I'm limited, let me manifest, you know, let me just live my ridiculous life a victim. Most people don't go from that to like a come to God moment. Does that make sense? Most, unless you've had a real like near death experience, like DMT does it for some people, high dose psilocybin, like you could go from like a victim, 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 low, 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 low place and have an unbelievably powerful conscious experience where you blast off into infinite everything and realize these things and come back down and change your life completely and know that there's something that you are working with down here that is unbelievable. And then they never doubt a day in their life. There's nothing that happens in the external that they like doubt this because they know for themselves. And that's what I think is happening here. You're trying to learn for yourself what 
this is, what your connection is. So you can have trust and use your gifts to give back to the world. That's what I think is happening. So if, if we're realizing that the reason that people struggle so much is because they don't have faith in anything anymore. Or the thing that they were taught, taught is the word here, the thing that they were taught to have faith in has let them down a billion times because they were taught to believe. They don't know for themselves. And we're on a journey to know for ourselves. So it's now what you are taught to believe. That's the person that intellectually believes something and is looking for evidence in the world. We're trying to like think that there's this thing that's going to save it. Like you're it, you're it, you're it, it's you. You just have to move the you that thinks it's not you out of the way. And that takes time and it takes trust. And it takes kind of like putting your toe in the water and like asking certain questions and then get the first, I always kind of like joke. I'm like, the first manifestation is an idea. The first manifestation is a thought or an idea. It's an epiphany. It's something that you didn't have access to before that comes in and says, do this. And it didn't come from your mind or story. It's not something you would ever do. Go this way, go home this way. I don't, I don't know why I'm going to go home this way. And then you find out there was like an 18 car pileup and that you would have been in it and you would have been in it. Like, it's like little thing. Why did I, then why, where did that come? So you realize that there are times where we have glimpses of who and what we are. And if you're taught that it's separate from you, then you'll constantly get in this place where, where you're like worshiping it or expecting something from it or praying it to, for, to save you. Like, no, that's the opposite. That's still coming from a small you that's looking for a big something outside of itself to save it. Instead of realizing it works through you because it is you, you give your gifts that it has been that have been bestowed onto you and you change the world. And then also you'll live a dope life too. Like that, so that's the journey of it. It's getting people to see little by little that there's something else going on here outside of your patterns that you thought needed to be in your life to define you. Or that the story of like, it's just the people that that know these things for themselves when they, they don't believe what they see. It's not denying your reality. You're like, that's, that's not real. Like they don't believe what they see. Meaning like, I don't know enough to know where this goes. Even if it's like, I've had some bad, bad, like really rough times this year, like what you would call the old me would have called them very, very tragic and dramatic, like times, things that I've gone through. But I've been, I, I, I dare say, like, I've been doing this long enough and I've seen so much, so much evidence of things that I really thought there's no way that I could learn anything. There's no way this works for me. There's no way. And like, I found like the hindsight 2020, like if I being honest, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I know I can see why why this, and there's a takeaway from it, right? So even the worst things in, in my life, I if I just kind of like go, all right, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I don't know enough, you know, to, to know. But I have trust, I have this faith, and I have like a certain knowing within myself that like, it's okay, I can let go of the reins a little bit. I can, I can just keep, what's the next thing that I do? How can I give here? Where am I off balance? Like questions, internal questions. You change what you're projecting. Right. And then when you change what you're projecting from within, like in the Kabbalion, the law of cause and effect, when you change what you're projecting from within, then you will perceive what you're projecting differently instead of believing that what is outside of you is separate and that you're perceiving it. And then therefore the victim of it or responding to it, it really is a full shift spirituality wise. It's the journey within getting within right so that you can project forward and then see what that creates for you instead of trying to control outside so that you feel good and connected occasionally when it's working out for you. And, and that's, that's the journey is getting to what you would call the higher mind, the all, like the Kabbalion says, all is mind, the God of it all, the source, like those are really fancy buzzwords. 
that are in a lot of spiritual books and people are doing their best to try to put all their faith in them. But like, there are ways, there's tools that you can use to get yourself to get it for yourself. Not because I said it. The last thing I, I would ever want is for somebody to get it because I said, it's gotta be because you say. And that that is like, you can't talk about any part of what, what the first question was. If we go back to what the first question was, like this manifestation idea, you can't actually accurately talk about it at all without referencing in reality, the entire spectrum that we just covered by asking who is it that wants to manifest what and why? Because it says everything about, you have to meet somebody where they are. It says everything about where that person is, right? Like we're just on a podcast talking. You're, we're not like on a mentorship call and you're trying to get something in your life. We're just talking about cool stuff. But if somebody was like, I need to know what to do. We have to meet that person where they are and understand that there's no amount of whatever you think you want that's going to do what you think it's going to do. It's not that it won't work, but I don't care about getting people stuff because I know how temporary that is. And I don't, I don't believe personally that it's the thing that we're here to do. That was a fucking epic explanation into the question asked. I mean, you've just, the way you articulated that whole thing was amazing. I've got um, a I don't know, side question or, or added on to, to what you've discussed. So you've gone over well, the whole spectrum in a great epic level of detail. So when I look at it, I'm seeing a kid who doesn't realize who they are. They don't realize anything. They don't know anything. And then boom, they put a label on like you are calm. You are calm. You are calm. You are Pat. You are. And, and then sooner or later, you just accept the fact that you are, because if you say, well, I'm not at any point, I mean, we all know that kids, children think differently than adults because they've got less sort of resistance against them, against them that society puts on them as you progress through life. So as a kid, you, you sort of told your cam, your cam, your cam, your cam, you are you, you are you. And then you go into school and it's like two plus two is four, two plus two is four, two plus two is four. And then even your parents, majority of people's parents that I know aren't awakened. So then they're going to just have had the exact same experience as what they're going to put on their children. And then they come out of school and the like. All this, what you've just put like, brought to light for me is that this man manifestation is always working, but it's it's sort of a lot of humans are sort of forced to channel it in the way that society wants them to. So it'll be go get your corporate job. Okay, now manifest the next title. You want to be you're a director. You want to be a senior director. Manifest that, and then they go and get it, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm senior director." And then, like you've just said, a couple of weeks, months into it, "Oh, I'm senior director. What's the next best thing?" And then they keep going up the ladder, up the ladder, up the ladder, and they keep chasing the next best thing without actually knowing that they're not chasing anything because these are just all you're chasing is a word that we've made up, completely made up. And and had not only made up the word, but we've given the meaning to it. So like, uh, there's a there's something called the Course in Miracles. And again, I just I don't I don't claim to be. There's no specific reference that I am an advocate for one way or another. But I do like certain aspects of all of these different things. So in a Course in Miracles, there's something that it's just very true. In the beginning of it, it's like this process of getting a human to understand that every single thing that you are seeing. Uh, or experiencing, or even the thoughts in your personal mind uh, that you've given it meaning. That's 
I can't explain how important that is. There's the you, that personal story, the personal mind that has given meaning or accepted the meaning that another has given the thing, which means you've given it meaning because you've, you've just allowed someone else to give it meaning and then you accepted that meaning and now it's your own. Everything from your cat, your dog, the lamp, the street, that car, like leaves everything. You have given it meaning or accepted meaning too. So you're not seeing, that's what I was saying in the beginning. It's like everything, the word or the thing, it's like the word is twice removed from what reality is. The word is twice removed because it's like, there's a cow. There's a cow. I was once I raced motorcycles and I was at a motorcycle race yesterday and there was like this big farm in this field. And I was sitting here thinking about it. I was like, I'm driving by. I'm like, there's a cow. And I'm just like, cow. I'm like, that's such a funny word. Like cow, such a funny word, right? There all these words that we use so funny, but I'm like, so now in my mind, this is how, this is what happens. And it's just fun now, but like, there's a cow. I'm staring at what a cow is in reality, as far as like this animal. And then in my, like Sesame street in my head, there's this word with like C-O-W, cow. And I'm like, huh? Like I can like oh, see in my mind this word, C-O-W. And I'm like, so look at the word cow. That's not a cow, right? Like see the word cow in your mind. That's not a cow. But when I see C-O-W, I can also go. And then to the right of it, I can see a little image of what I think a cow is, right? And I'm like, okay, cow, there's cow. So like now I open my eyes and like, there's a real thing that we call cow. So now if I was a child and I got, let's just say I tried to go cow tipping and I got kicked by a cow. Now, I don't have just like this neutral idea of what I was taught about a cow. I fucking hate them and get me away from them. And I'm kind of scared of them. And somebody might be like, look at all those cows. Yo, that's so awesome. And I'd be like, those cows, man. What? Like those cows. So now it, it, we literally are living in a world People ask me all the time, it's my favorite thing. And it took me actually quite a while to get to an answer that I found acceptable for, for me. And that is that like, or it's it's the whole, you know, yes, the polarization, but it's also the whole yin and yang and the, you know, the non-physical, physical aspect of it. People keep trying to say that like, it's one or the other. It's a material world and it's physical. And like, this is the physical world and it's measurable and science and math and everything. And I love all that stuff. I think it's all wonderful. Um, but then there's the non-physical aspect of it, which is there needs to be an observer. Without the observer, there is no physical world. Like people like it's they're lost. It gets lost on it got lost on me for a long time. But the power of this, what we're talking about just right now, is that like, yes to the physical. Yes to that cow. There's a cow there. It's 100 percent for sure. In my world, I mean, you can go really down the rabbit hole of like solipsism and stuff, but I don't want to even do that. In my world, while I am here and aware, right, I can see that there's a physical thing that, that we're calling a cow. Pick anything else that you want if you don't like cow. But whatever it is that's physical, it, in my world, it does not exist if I don't. In my world, if I drop dead next to the cow, in the way that we're taught is that in my experience, that cow, that the cow is still there. I am not. But in my world, then the cow's not there either. So even just forgetting, this is all going to tie in, even just forgetting like the meaning that there's a Pat Mahan that got kicked by a cow when he was a kid and now he hates cows. But that's not a representation of all cows. If there are 8 billion people in the world and there's one cow, 
there isn't one cow. There's 8 billion cows in reality. In reality, if there's 10 of us in a room and we're the only, if you, us three are the only aware, or four are the only aware people on earth. We are the only vessel for awareness to flow through, us four. We're in a room. I'm just going to keep going with this. And you bring in a cow, right? There's one cow objectively, we'll say. But there's not. There's four fucking cows in observationally in an experience. So it doesn't matter that there's one of something. You know, some people are like multiple realities. You could change your reality, shift your timeline, right? Parallel reality meditation. Like it doesn't, yes, all of that's true, but there can still be one objective reality that you perceive differently for you. And then yes, it changed your reality. But people are like, you could jump to a different earth. I don't care. It doesn't matter because once you're there, you're there. So like all that stuff is kind of a wild way of trying to get people like they call it spiritual bypassing. You're trying to get out of where you are to get to somewhere better. It's still ego. So if you realize that like, yes, there's one, we'll call it thing, one cow that we all perceive differently. When you realize that it's going to sound so funny, but when you realize that you're what the experience of what we're calling this physical thing that we're labeling a cow, and then there's an eye that's perceiving it. If you move the eye away, not the I am, but the me. If I move the Pat Mahan of it all, meaning I don't, I'm no longer in this moment going to give my attention and valuable awareness to the story of what I think about this fucking cow. That I have an ability to no longer allow that momentum to, to unconsciously override the moment that I'm in. That's the thing that happens in awakening and spirituality. You realize that you're not your thoughts. You're aware of them. That's a powerful tool. So now I'm aware that I have a meaning to a cow. I, I know why. I got kicked. That was traumatic, right? So like, it's not this cow's fault. That was a cow years ago. So, so now I'm going to let go of the fact that like I once was kicked by a cow and I'm going to let go of that meaning. I let go of a little bit of resistance. Now I can stand in the same place with this thing. My meaning is gone. So now there's just my awareness of a moment that I'm in with this thing that's I'm not going to even call it a cow anymore. I don't know what the fuck this thing is. Someone else called it something that like is a cow. Have you ever seen some kind of like an animal like that, 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 what's that, that fish that's at the bottom of the ocean with the light on its head and that whatever they call that thing, I don't know what it is, but like, they're just like, yeah, that's just a whatever. I'm like, what the is that? You we're just, if that dropped from like Mars, we would lose our minds, but it's like in the ocean and we're like, oh, an angler fish, I think. We're like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's what it's called, anglerfish. Yeah, I see it in books all the time. Like, if you were face-to-face with that thing, you'd be like, you're an alien. I don't know what you, we don't know what is going on here, but we think we do. We use these labels and words to try to, like, make ourselves feel safe when we think we're separate. But when you realize you're one with everything and you can't have one without the other and everything in your reality is a projection of you, regardless as to whether it's a separate reality that exists without you, it doesn't matter if you're not here. It doesn't matter if it's an objective reality that exists without you. So the next part is, and this is the trippy part, but the best part, the next part is there's a reality. If I were to, let's say there's a person here and they're sitting here with me. There's not. So I feel safe doing this. There's there's, but there's a person and we're all talking and we'll call him like, I don't know, give me a weird name. That's no one's name. Yo-Yo is his name. And, the, and they're sitting over here in the corner and we're all talking, right? There's a physical person here there's a body and this person has a story and he has the story in this mind that he references his story by and i can sit here or we 
can talk to you about this story and be like, oh, he was this and he was a sales representative for this and that and did this and he's married with four kids. Like we can talk about this personal story of this person, yo, we'll call him, right? And then there's his body. And then you guys could be like, all right, you can turn your back for a couple seconds. Yo, yo drops dead on the ground. Just he's out. But you, I could, you can see him here. And then you'd be like, yo, where is, where is yo? Where's, where's this person? And I'm like, he's gone. Like, what are you talking about? Where did he go? Dad, he's gone. He's not here. Like, no, he's right here. Like the body, this is a person right here. Why do we say, what are we saying that we're not aware that we're saying when we're like, they're gone? They're dead. What is, uh, this person was here 10 seconds ago and it's this exact same body that was just here 10 seconds ago, but now something has left or we don't say he's here anymore because he's not animated. Down on the ground, where did his reference of self go? If there's no difference between all of our senses of self, meaning that the I that I reference before I say Pat Mahan is the same I am that you reference, the same consciousness, the same awareness, without meaning or definition, if it's all the same I am, then the personal story of Yo and his body are irrelevant in the full scheme of an infinite game we're calling life. So that is why ego that thinks it's the body and the personal mind, they're terrified of dying because it has us scared into thinking that when we die, the game over. And I like to think that we come from something or we are something that awareness that doesn't go away. And that right now it's temporarily aware of a body that is, looks like this and a personal story from a person named Pat P A T with this story that I've given meaning. And then from within, I project that meaning onto the world, which I think is separate from me. And I live in a fairy tale land of whatever I believe I am and whatever I believe is out there. And whether it's going to hurt me or whether I've controlled it enough to feel okay. And the truth is, I believe we're here to learn that we are the infinite I am and that it just wants to give. And you get out of the path of needing to get from this personal scared victim I need to control and show everyone so I gain favor. You get out of that egoic part, even though it feels like you're going to die when you do because you believed you were it for so long. So to, to go out on a limb and trust and have faith that you are everything and that you came here to bring that into the game that you created. There's nothing, there's nothing else that I've found to be more powerful in my life. And I've had a lot of wild things from egoic perspectives happen and none of them do it. None of them do it. None of them do it. And I believe that we're just on an infinite loop of trying to figure that out. And then the more you figure out that you're something way beyond what you think your body and your personal mind are, then you start to play the game. And that means that you you live your life not scared of doing or taking actions. You're I've never been more ready to take more action. I've never so some people are like, oh, so non-doership, you just sit around and do nothing and blah blah. Like, no, it's the, that's what ego would tell you to stop you from doing it because it knows that when you do it, that part of you dies, or it feels like it. So I've never been I've never had more energy naturally. I've never been more inspired to like create whatever I think is happening through me than any of the other endeavors that I've ever had to try to prove myself in the world. None of them proved, could none, nothing I ever did in the world could prove what I wanted it to prove to me because it was constantly coming from a place 
of thinking that something in the world could define me. So, so that's like, that's this thing that is, that I think is happening. And that's the part of the process where many of the people that I talk with are, are at, they're ready to like, try to understand the, what the manifestation aspect of this journey is while healing their shadow, while figuring out the meaning they've been giving everything in their life, why figuring out, you know, while figuring out like the relationship dynamic and what's trying to, you know, what's being shown to you through everything that you're experiencing, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's wild, but really that, that is it. It's, if someone were to say like, Hey, what percentage of you believes that, I mean, let's do it. What percentage of you believes that you are a separate character from the game you play from life? What part, how, what percentage of you would say that you're sure that when you die, it's lights out and you're a separate thing. And that that person did this to you and that you're not connected to the sun, the moon, the stars, like that it's separate from you. When you die, it's, it goes on living without you. I would definitely say there is a part of me that feels that way. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big part of me, but and it's as I progress through what I'm progressing through, it is getting smaller and smaller. But there is definitely still that part that that is our possibility. Yeah, I mean, of course. But I mean, but the but you can you can ponder the idea that everything is happening with with you here is is you like there's there's you know what i'm saying and and again it's tricky because it's like you're spending the whole episode saying that i'm not me like right not the you you think you are but like the you that's one with all eyes and that the crazy and terrible things that happen we'll say down here on earth it's not a it's not an and i don't use the word uh i like to use people ask me why i don't like use the word god when i'm talking about what 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 i think this is and what we are and and how this kind of um all works and it's simply because of how much baggage it has right like it, it has quite a bit of baggage and i it's it's not that it's a good or a bad word because if it was that would be me giving it meaning it's just a word it's just it's just a word just like cow has nothing to do with the thing i just saw in that field G-O-D has, it's just a, it's just a word, but what it, what it has been used to reference or try to describe or explain over the last even thousands of years that I'm aware of it being, you know, explained, uh, has a lot of baggage and a lot of questions that come with it. And I think those questions are by design because each person has their own journey based on what they need to, to either deny it completely and live that life or accept what it is as a part of your experience and live from that faithful place. And I, I care nothing about religion or ideologies in this idea. It's just, so it's often said that God is love, right? So now that can be really confusing for a lot of people. And again, I went to Catholic school. I was born Catholic. I mean, we're talking years of my life. Also, side note, when I was uh, 13 years old, uh, maybe 14, I don't even remember the, it's a while ago, my mom passed away from cancer. She had like a seven year ridiculous the most painful thing I could imagine a human being go th going through back then, suffering, like died in my living room from cancer at 80 pounds. Like, so now I'm also going to Catholic school where they're telling me that God is love and he loves me and that everything is amazing. And like, you know, bad people are punished and good people live in heaven and da, 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 da. And I'm like, I think that mom was like a good egg. My, my mom was so nice to me. She was the most, she's like my example of what I think love is in the world. And I'm like, so God 
killed my mom. Like there is no God. Like go oh, fuck. And then it was just an immediate spiral, right? So, so there's this thing. It's like right. Like why would God do this? Why would God do this? And again, it's you're assuming that there's a separate thing that is is doing something that's evil. And so now you have to kind of like really break this down and say like, okay, we're talking about polarization and we're talking about like a self that's aware of a polarizing idea, hell, heaven, right? Good or love or hate. Like, so the fact that we are aware of both of those things is really powerful because it does speak to the idea that there's a you that gets to choose what you are, right? Like, think about it. Like there's a you, because I believe pretty far up the line of consciousness, there's a personal I there. So there's a lot of people here that are like trying to do away with the ego, kill the ego, destroy the ego. I don't think that's a thing. I think that uh, there are people who may um, be aware of less thinking and then therefore less of a concept of a personal self and story, more aware, like again, staring at that cow, like nothing's no meaning or story separating you from what you're seeing, right? You can do that. You can walk around and just view what you are seeing without the meaning you've given it and then the meaning you've given it as far as what it means to the personal story of you like there's a lot of shit happening when you're walking around looking at stuff or doing something or hearing what someone's saying like there's a lot happening and also nothing happening all at the same time because like as i'm looking at someone who's like sitting like this at the at the you know diner kind of like pondering their life like i can't imagine what's going through that person's mind Right. But like in reality, nothing's happening. There's a human sitting at a table at a diner. But what's happening for that person in their experience is all of the meaning, all of the stories, all of the perspective, all of the bug coming. That person's world could be crashing down on them. In reality, that person's sitting at a diner about to order a soup and I'm watching them. Right. So like the meaning and the story and the like that, that we continue to like go over. I believe there are people who are hyper identified with that, like I used to be. And it can create quite a bit of chaos in your life if you let it continue to unfold without awareness. But that again, that's part of the idea, the suffering of giving your attention to something that is not you, right? That's quite a bit of suffering. You're giving your attention to it, energy and attention, manifestation. You're bringing stuff into your reality that matches exactly what you think you are, exactly how you think this game works. And then since you think you're separate from those experiences, you blame the experiences. You blame God and you blame everything and it's not my fault and that you're the victim of it. So so realizing that you're the one aware of the polarizing scenario and that you can move the meaning of yourself, remove the meaning of the things that you're looking at. And then eventually you're just literally interacting in, in time and space. No meaning, no story, no like resistance to what is. That's a real thing that a human can do. And in that moment, when you're clear of all of that, you can find a space where you go, what would you like me to do? And listen, and it's not going to be something separate that tells you what to do. And you're being told by God what to do. You're listening to the highest aspect of yourself all the way up the line to the singularity that says what the next thing to do should be. And if it, if you are hearing it and it sounds like it's telling you to do something so you get stuff, it's your ego in disguise. And if you are listening to something that's like, hey, this is a little bit out of balance. There's no judgment here, but you should go do this. Like your, your living room is like out of control. You should just straighten up your living room because it's been weighing on you. 
under the surface and you've been trying to distract yourself from it, but you feel like you're depressed and disconnected and you're wishing things would go different. Your living room and your house is a fucking mess, Pat. Just clean your house, all right? Just clean your house and then we'll take the next step. Like, okay. And then clean the house, right? And then it's like, okay, what now? Go to the gym. You don't move enough. You need to go to the gym. You've been talking about it for seven weeks. You keep eating like shit because you have no discipline and nothing in place. But you know that when you put discipline in place and you go to the gym, you feel better. You're resisting feeling better because you think you're a piece of shit. Go to the gym. Okay. And just these little things, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, in zero time, your life will change. You, it will, you will be ready to give, right? You have to get to the person who you are so that you can authentically give of what you have. A lot of people try to like, I'm going to give and altruistically and self-righteously give, give, give to my, at my own expense. I suffer and I sacrifice myself, but I give to everyone. And then terrible things happen to me. So terrible things happen to good people. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's, it's, it's someone who is coming from such a small place that they believe their superpowers sacrificing themselves to give. But there's always that expectation of a return for the giving. And if there's an expectation of a return for the giving, you're not really giving no matter what it looks like. I'm not saying there aren't good things that happen from it. I'm just saying, if you want to get down and dirty and deep, if you're giving and then you're looking for what you're getting and you're going to keep giving, keep looking, it's, I, I, I mean, no better or worse, but sure, it, it seems to be better than if you were to like create chaos and havoc. But for where I believe we're meant to go, it's not the end game. There's a part where you're like, okay, I see that there's a result here. I'm giving. And now I have a story that says that there's a me that it's not worth giving because I always get shit on. Uh, you're not really, it, we have, it's inner honesty. Be able to look at that and be like, okay, what am I here to give? And, and, and by give, it means like you're doing what you're doing and the letting go of the outcome. It's like, I'm actually getting something from the doing. From, because from, it's not a human doing to justify or get. I'm, I'm letting this pass through me because I'm asking a higher guidance, a higher intuition, a higher self or intelligence. I'm asking that what to do next. And if you follow that path, I will speak for myself. I've been doing it long enough that I'm looking from this position and I'm nowhere near the end of this game. But from this position, there's no way that this wasn't predefined by me a long time ago. Just like when I was like, I have an intention to go do the dishes. Right. So I set an intention and then it just took over. I somehow the dishes got done. Right. Like I didn't have to think about like, I got to go up, take this step. And then I take this step and then I take this step and then I pick up the soap and then I put the soap in my hand. I'd like to took millions of steps to go from the couch to get the dishes done. Right. And when I got done doing the dishes, I was, there's a point where one, I was able to be like, I, there was, I, Pat Mahan did not just do those dishes. There was an intention that was set because the dishes needed to get done. And then I walked myself through it. And ego comes in later and goes, I did that. I have done the dishes. So the more I do this, the more I try to let Pat Mahan take the lead, the more chaos and havoc and out of balance shit ensues. Because the story of Pat Mahan is chaotic and traumatic, according to the me that used to be me. Like, reference me in that way. The meaning I gave me was not a great one. I had to be able to go through a process of allowing this higher space so that I could no longer judge Pat Mahan. So I could no longer want to abuse Pat Mahan or the people in Pat Mahan's lives. So I could really get to the point 
where I was so hyper aware of letting Pat Mahan be honest about why he was doing what he was doing and then letting him know that it's okay and that you did your best and we get to do better now. And you get to take, I get to take Pat Mahan along on the ride with me because much of what that character is, is my personality, right? And I, we all have our own personality that's been developed and that's a superpower also. So like I get to bring what that is along with me. And then instead of punish and abuse and beat Pat Mahan over, because I think he's just terrible and garbage. And why is he here? Why did he have to go through this? And life and is terrible. Like I get to kind of resolve that. Like a parent, if you would, who knows more than the child who doesn't understand what's happening. You get to reparent yourself from a higher conscious space. And I currently, in my current experience here, while I can reparent older versions of me more lovingly and without judgment, I know that there's a me that exists up the line that is helping me now on my journey as I continue resolving these things about what I'm doing now and trying to live with more faith. And like I 100% know that there's a me that knows way more than I do now. And I'm less interested in trying to control and manipulate life and even manifest things to happen to help Pat Mahan. I'm more interested in knowing what that higher me has to say and doing my best sometimes it is not easy to have trust and faith in this stuff when you see stuff looking like it's going in a direction that doesn't look like it, it's your best interest. Um, it's it's kind of walking through that quicksand while you're still listening. And then I have little things that happen where it's like, see, you see how that blah, 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 blah. Like it's just a conversation with you and you. But that you, I believe, goes on the line. And I, I, this is going to come full circle if I can, just because when we said like, why don't I use the word God and all of the baggage and the meaning? It's because I want people to understand that it, I believe that it's, it is a within you thing, right? And so if I use the word that God, then it has so much baggage of being outside of us or ruining lives. Like I said, you ruined my life. You killed my mother, right? Like all of those, when I thought it was a separate thing that they taught me in school, uh, that was judging everything that I did and, you know, chaos and killing people that don't agree and all this, stuff. like, it just, it didn't make sense. It seemed like that version of, of God, according to what I was hearing was made up by a certain level of ego. Like you can see how God is transitioning through people speaking or teaching about it. And you can see the evolution of consciousness as well. The early God was rageful and Blah, 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 like destroying things. And then now it went to like more loving and God is within you and, you know, the Christ consciousness of it all and the Holy is the Holy Spirit and all like, and then now you have spirituality. So it's almost like the idea of God from all of our personal perspectives has also evolved because it goes from like what you have written in the early writings about how it burned cities and raged, you know, killed anybody that disagreed basically. So like now you have like, oh, spirituality, it's a loving source energy higher guidance and intel like and you can you can resolve one by like saying like oh that's that's what you need to believe here to transcend to this like you have to have both so i get that it's going to reference the that word but if you take like source because i don't know what i don't claim to know anything beyond anything right like what the hell i don't know anything um so i don't know like what what we are what we are i don't know there's not, there can be nothing beyond it because once you're beyond it, you're still it. There's nothing like, there's a big, there's a fun trick where it's like, try to find one thing. People are like, it's not connected. It's, you know, it's all bullshit. Try to find one thing that is exists in isolation. 
pick it, even if you're going to try to like in at an abstract way, pick something that exists in isolation and you, you can't, the, the, the paradox is that you can't, you can't find anything that exists in isolation, meaning not in relationship to something else. Everything is in relationship to something else. It's all connected. And we just have a personal story that thinks it's not, or it is when things are working out and it's not when it looks like things aren't working out. So it's all connected all the way up the line from the from the lowest part of separation and victim and angst and insanity to the highest form of what some might call God. Now I'm going to say like higher intelligence, right? Higher consciously, like, and, and consciousness just meaning awareness. I'm aware of more. So there I am, I am attacked by less, right? I'm aware of more, I have a higher awareness, spiritual awakening, you're awake in consciousness, a higher level of awareness of the higher degree of connectivity around here in our experience. When I was less aware, meaning I was only aware of me and my relationship to everything else and how I was attacking, then I was not aware of, even though I was taught every day about a God or a self, I, could, I couldn't feel, I had no idea. But so intellectual understanding does nothing really, right? We try to or live our lives from an intellectual understanding, but it's it, you have to know it. You have it has to be you. So that's like that's that journey. The higher intelligence. The reason I like to use that is because I believe that at the lowest form of separation, I like to use the word ignorance. You're you're you're. It's insane thinking. It's ignorant to believe that you're a. And I don't mean this in a judgmental way. It sounds like I actually am. So let me adjust that. Like, I'm not saying you're ignorant. You, you, you don't know. It means we're ignorant of the fact that we're connected to everything. So I don't mean you're ignorant. I just mean like, it's an ignorance from not having enough, you know, awareness or time or experience, not allowing this process. So we live and we're so like, oh, you're different. Like what? Like, yeah, you like to do that. And I like to do this. So like that, 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 you're uh like what like wait no what's that? well you're from you're from that part of the world you we drew an imaginary line here and so you're fucking like wait why why so that's like that but there's a part where you think that's legit there's a part where you're like yeah no that's real that's right it fuck them they're different they're separate over there like well that's so, the safety that you were talking about earlier right right protection Right. And I'm sure this comes from, oh, I'm not sure, but it sounds like, and I've been taught and like, I don't have a better answer. So I'll give it like when we were first coming through this experience, um, cause there's two ways to look at this, right? Like one is that every day you wake up, right. There's like, you're, you're basically like a program. Your mind is a program and you didn't let any of this stuff. You just think you did. And there's no, there would be no way to prove that. Right. So like, if you hopped into a simulation today, a fake thing, a fake thing called life, there would be no way to prove it because you'd be so convinced that the story of you in your mind was real and true that if someone tried to talk you out of the idea that this is a dream, you're in a dream right now and you're going to wake up and forget all of this. You'd be like, absolutely not. When I was in fifth grade, my social studies teacher, like, no, we, we programmed you to think that you're something entirely different. We're just trying to figure out what, what you're how how sure you are of what you are like you're trying to figure out who you are so it, we could be today years old because time's not real or evolution in physical and non-physical can be a real thing and there were early humans who 
we had to go through a process of consciously evolving. And then every time we would consciously evolve, we kind of like industrialized ourselves, And now we have the reality that we have. And part of that is differentiating other people from us to stay safe. And th that group of people versus our group of people and our family versus your family and this click versus that click. And we have to stay safe and there's not enough resources and lack and scarcity and all that shit that happens when there's absolutely enough of everything to go around. We just are doing things a particular way right now, right? So so you could say that that is also a possibility. If if we're going from that ignorance to the and separation, then the highest aspect of this consciousness scale would be intelligence to me. It, it, the highest level of intelligence would know that everything is one thing. It would know that uh, there is a you that you think you are. And there's a story that I actually, Brandon, I talk with Brandon about it all the time whenever whenever we kind of talk about difficult things that either one of us are going through. This idea of like forgiveness, right? There's an I that either needs to be forgiven or needs to forgive something else. And so there's a story um, where there's a, a little girl, a, a granddaughter, pick pick a little, little human, um, and then a, a, a grandparent. And the little human spills milk in the grandparent's newspaper in the morning and uh instantly feels like terrified and like oh no and oh please please forgive me and oh, i'm so sorry you know but... and so this grandparent represents love and intelligence and understanding and what and, and what you get from that perspective is you realize that there's literally no need for forgiveness you don't need to forgive oh please forgive me i'm sorry you don't need to forgive that child who was unaware and accidentally knocked over the glass. And that child doesn't need forgiveness, right? Like, so the highest level of intelligence and love knows that there's nothing to be forgiven. It understands. So the, that's why I say that like love is the highest. And that's why I believe many people refer to like God and say, God is love or Neil Donald Walsh. I had Neil Donald Walsh on my podcast a while ago. Um, and he wrote a book that was basically saying like, God is not love, it's pure love. Imagine the essence of pure love. So now imagine that who and what you are is a piece of or a part of, it's contained within you, that level of love, right? Right now, like, and I'm being honest, like, I don't feel that shit all. Like, I'm working to try to, like, feel it more or be it more or live it more. But, like, let's face it, most of us are pretty resistant, right? Like, we're doing our best. But that's what we've been told. I've had experiences where I've felt it right? Like a really like high dose psilocybin. I've been on DMT enough. Um, and I've had real or otherwise, meaning for me, they were very real. Unbelievable sureness that this is truth. And that I have and we have an ability to feel that and be it. And that as we come down from that experience and consciousness, we're just consumed by the story of us and separation, we fall back into that and it, we're disconnected from it again. But I'm sure that there's a connection and it's who and what we are from my place. Like, and I'm not trying to convince anyone, but I am sure with experiences that I've had, like out of body, otherworldly experiences where I'm like, yeah, that's real. That's a thing. Now down here, I've forgotten just how powerful it was, but it's a truth for me. Right. And I'm just doing my best to try to like live in and from that place. So when people, the thing that stops a lot of humans from people from being like, so how can 
this idea of God be love. And then now you, it, this actually really makes quite a bit of sense now, the more like it's laid out. So this idea of intelligence and you're one with everything and there's this higher self and love and love, 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 connection, connection. How do you explain the world down here? How can you explain the world down here and talk about God being in it or talk about like the source or intelligence of love? Like how can you look around in these terrible things that are happening? And it it's, it's not not really an answer that most people like because it's so simple. But there is not God there. There there's the, all the terrible things that you're talking about. There isn't. Stop trying to look for it. Like there's there's like a there's there's like a, a medi a medium kind of an idea where you could say that have you ever heard of like God is in the helpers? Have you ever heard of that expression? So. Some people are like, well, there's these tragedies that are happening, real, 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 real tragedies that are happening. And then it's like, well, where's God in that? There's a bridge content, right? Because because like it's hard to find. Like, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing that humans just did, right? Um, so where's God in that? It's like the truth is not there. There's no God that's letting something happen. There's no God, like otherwise, it's not a separate thing. It's just we have a choice and you get to choose what you are. And if you think, that you are separate and then so is the other person if you hate that person or you think that they have something that you need you do terrible things to that person there's no god there's no it's not we can't if if there was a separate god that had controlled everything we do so nothing bad happened then what's the literal point of this right like if it was like oh there's no there's there's a god that's that you can't do anything there you can't choose that can't choose. everything you do has to be something that he would do like that's there's no choice. That's control, right? So first of all, it's not separate. Second of all, if it was separate, it would still have to let you do what you thought was right or wrong. You would still have to be the one separate. Um, if it, if you were saying it's separate, you'd still have to be the one who was separate from it, who could do right or wrong. And that's what we have. A bunch of human beings who think they're separate from something or they think it doesn't exist at all, or I believe they've misinterpreted what this is or what's happening. And then they use that in the external world to create terrible things. In the terrible thing, there's no God there. Stop looking. The bridge comment is God is in the helpers, meaning the, the rescue crew, the, the, the hearts of humans who are pre, for some reason, we have it in us, not for some reason, 100%, we have it in us, most of us, unless you're really, really far, far separate, which is part of it also. Um, most humans, when they see an accident or tragedy, instantly want to help right? Instantly. There's something. Why? Like, even if it's like people that you don't agree with, even if it's people that completely like separate, like you could be fighting forever and something happens to your neighbor, a tree falls on your neighbor's house. Like there's something that people are like, oh, all right, let's go see what they need. Like it, there's something that trumps the, the whatever stories we have about how people are different or separate. There's something that overrides that. And it's usually a tragedy, right? whether it's by universal acts uh, or weather or whatever, or human hand. So it's not that we're looking for, that's not evidence that there is or isn't a, a, a higher intelligence. It's evidence that the people that did that act don't believe it. That's it. They don't believe that they are something that is connected to something. And so they they live in that way. And, or they do believe, but they believe, and this is ego, that theirs is the right one 
and uh, it says kill everyone who doesn't believe that we're the right all loving god like wild shit we do down here so so when you just simply realize that there's this one thing yes it knows more than what we know now right because this is a funny one if you took all eight billion or however many billion human beings like skulls right humans bodies that there are on earth um and and also everyone who ever also lived and just they were all instantly alive and here and aware right now if i asked you like it, it's pretty clear as a fact that all of those people all of us we don't know everything there is to know right if you took all of our personal minds and i mean all the data all the facts all the you name it everything we know about everything since the beginning and if i were to ask honestly do we know everything there is to know in our minds the answer is a hard no it has to be so then my next question is now we're talking about every human that's ever lived and every human on the planet right now that either is or isn't saying there is a higher intelligence where does everything that we aren't aware of yet exist Where? Where? If all of us here, right in this second, hard cap on all of the knowledge that we have, and then an intuitive thought comes into the collective that says, do this. Where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. Shit. That's mind-blowing. That's the whole point of what like, I feel unbelievably compelled to try to offer anyone who will listen, is that there is something and you can decide for yourself whether you think it's good or bad. If you're using the bad to say why you think it's not good, you're missing it. Because what is now is a representation of all of us who exist now that don't think that that thing is real. And they don't think that it's us. And they don't think it's good. So that's what's created. So you can't use what's been created and predetermine or predict what is. You have to let go of what's been created and go within and ask what's next. And then that thing, if you listen, will tell you what to do next. And it's not separate from you. It's in you. And I think that at the highest level of this game, the singularity where you're, you are completely removed from even thinking you're a separate person, you go, you can go back in your awareness to the collective and you realize that the fundamental experience of human beings and life is that there is something to observe and that there's an observer and that you're both and you can't remove one. And this game doesn't work if you remove one, which would explain why when you are back to the singularity of all things and you're one with the source of it all, it explains why you would want to redo this. Because once you're it, you don't know yourself because there's nothing to nothing there's no relationship there's no connect there's nothing to compare you to so if you are all loving and intelligence and everything you would have to come into an experience of lower consciousness to forget that you are that you'd have to cuz like like a tree doesn't know it's a tree right so how does the tree or we don't know a tree is a tree how do we know a tree is a tree by the tree next to it and by the ground 
and by the sky and by the empty space from this tree to that tree and by the house that's next to the tree. That's how you know what a tree is. And a tree isn't a tree. We called it that. And then there's your T-R-E-E, -E, which is not a tree. It's twice removed from it. And then whatever meaning we have about that tree, that's in our story. And we live that. And we go on a loop of separation to oneness and then separation to oneness. And it's happening every single second, every single infinite moment that you're aware because time's not real. The higher you go out, the less time there is. But when you're when you're here, it seems like you live and die. Live and die. So their ego fears death. And I'm I do too. Like I'm but but much less because I have this idea. I have this idea. So then the next part is like, well, death is terrible. Like my mom, right? She was 45 years. I'm older than my mom was when she died. That's fucking wild for me. I'm older now than my mom was when she died. And so like people are like, well, how can you have these ideas or these thoughts? Or you saw what happened to your mom. How could God, God didn't save your mom? Like, no, that's not a thing. Like as humans in a physical space, which I don't deny any of this, like here we, here we are, you can die here. You're like 100%, like you, you, what, what the feeling of death is, like what that experience would be for someone who thinks they die. That's a real experience. You'll fear that. But if you'll notice, most people have had near-death experiences, right? Whatever that is, they come back and they're like, oh, that's all bullshit. You don't die, right? Like, who knows what is real? But for them, that person doesn't fear death anymore. Well, guess what? It's really real for them. So they either know something that's unbelievably true and profound, or they don't. And I'm telling you that it doesn't matter either way what's real. If you believe this, what we're talking about here enough, and you connect to it enough, your life will be that. And then it doesn't matter if everyone, the other 8 billion and one people on earth say you're, that you're wrong, it's bullshit. It doesn't matter to you. You're living in this way. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's only you and your projection. That's it. You're the only one in the room. Even if there are others in the room, they're all a reflection or a representation of a you and a meaning that you've given something. And it's all designed to get us to come closer to realizing who we are. If I'm that tree that's self-aware in the woods, you know how I could really enjoy what I am? It's by trying to figure out what everything else is and, and how different they are. And like, what, what does that tree do? And what is, what is like the ground over there is different. Like, look, we're not supposed to fear each other and see other people's strengths as our weaknesses and then try to beat the strength out of them. We're here to recognize that we're all one thing. What is everyone really good at? What, what, what are, we don't know what we're here to do yet as humans. Because I can tell you that when I was lost in my story of Pat Mahan, like I only could tell you what I thought Pat Mahan was here to do. And now I understand that I believe there's something way greater than a Pat Mahan could ever even fathom. And then if I let go of the reins of being Pat Mahan, I can listen to this. And it has done really well by me so far. And by done really well by me is like, I'm way more balanced. I'm way more at peace. I'm way more willing to give for whatever that is. You know what I mean? And I'm way more aware when I start to go off balance so I can make a course correction. And I'm not doing any of that. I trust that it's happening. And I it has worked for me. And I feel real confident that there's, there's not a human that it won't work for um, if they work it, if they do it. So, so that's what I like and believing happens here. And as far as like, just the, the, the quick thing, when we were talking about the dream before, have you ever had, uh, it's just trippy things that I like to kind of bring up towards the end of things. Have you ever had a dream that was like absolutely the most real thing ever? Like, 
can you can you go like of course right like you just have a dream and like like you woke up in your bed or wherever you woke up and there's a couple seconds where you don't know where you are you don't know if you're in your bed or in your car or like you still there's you could possibly still be in the dream experience like the dream could be real that's how real it was even like later on in the day or on the next day you might remember something and think did i dream that or was it real right did i dream or was it real but like even like just the quick like you're like you're not off in your car and like there's whole shit happening but like you're just in your car like just fall asleep real quick you know in the parking lot or something and then you're like and then you're looking around and you're like but you you were in this crazy scenario like a party scene with all these people and you're like oh but, and you're like waiting for the party people to come attack you and like crowd surf, like that real of a dream where you don't know what's what. Where where did the dream people come from? This is my favorite. Think about that. Think about the realest dream you ever had. The most, it's physical, it's emotional. And then you almost wake up and you feel like you're in a dream when you wake up because- You only know you're feels- in a dream. You only know you're in a dream when you wake up here. Yeah, but there's times when you wake up and you feel like reality feels like the dream and not the actual dream. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh, for sure. I this place here, I've I've had like uh, dimethyl trust, uh, tryptamine experiences where that was the most real reality I could have have ever fathom. And when I like opened my eyes here, uh, it was instantly. And again, it's just fun to play with. But instantly, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. This is a dream. This is a game. This is not. This is not it. This is not where we come from. Like it was instant. And it's not just me, like this is a thing that's like very commonly experienced where people, once they come back from a, what you call a high, I don't care if it's chemically induced. I don't care. I don't care. It's all the same thing. It's all one thing. It's, 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 it's experiencing different conscious experiences, right? Other than yourself and your life. And you can go to a completely different place in space consciously. And you are you, the real you, not the personal mind or the body, but the I can go wherever the it wants and you can go and have this amazing experience and then come back here and now you're like in your body and you're like what like this is you just know like this isn't it this is i mean it's it for now but like there's something else michael pollan you ever hear of michael pollan he has a book called um how to change your mind and it's uh he's he's actually a food critic very well well respected food critic for most of his career and then he started to get into or want to learn more about researching psychedelics all different kinds of psychedelics from psilocybin to you know to DMT dimethyltryptamine all these things and he wrote this incredible book and he's been on interviews and he talks in this one interview about uh he said he the i that i right him uh the the i am blasts out um, and he said there was nothing. And he said, I can't, cause another very profound question is like, why is there something instead of nothing? Right. That's like a deep philosophical question. Why is there something instead of nothing? And I've, I found for myself that the answer is like, there's both and you don't know one without the other. So there isn't nothing. There's not right. There isn't nothing. So you can't have something that you think should only be or not be without the other thing. You need them both. So you can't ask even the question. It's a paradox to ask the question, why is there something instead of nothing? You don't know what something is without the nothing. They're one thing. So he experienced for himself what nothing is according to him. But the powerful thing is that there can't be nothing because there was an I there to experience it. So when someone says, or I like to say, you're everything, even in the space where nothing exists, there's still a you to experience that nothing. So there's not ever nothing. 
So he starts to come back from this experience and he he's explaining, he's like feeling his like chest and his like arms and his body. And he said, he's never been, uh, he was like, all right, I have, I have legs. I have a body. I'm, I'm Michael. But he like starts remembering as he's coming down consciously, he starts to remember like the story that exists in a more dense experience down here. But there's a whole other thing that he just experienced and it's, it's completely transcendent. It's completely another reality. So in a dream, if we're, if we're in a party space or we're like having a meeting in, in the dream and it's as real, again, it's physical. It's, we're doing this. You're here in a dream. Like if I were to say to you in the dream, right? Have you ever heard of a lucid dream where you actually wake up in your dream? Think about that one too. Who is waking up? Who is waking up when you are asleep? You're laying in your bed and then you're having a dream where you're like at a, some meeting or, or some experience or you're at a mall or something. And then like you wake up and you're like, I'm in a dream. I'm in a dream. I can do something in this dream. I could fly in this dream. Like a lucid dream, you can start to move around in the dream. But the the you in the dream is not the dreamer. It's the dream character. Who's dreaming the you that woke up in the dream? right? And where did all of those dream people come from as real as they are? If I was having a conversation with those people in the dream and I said, I just want you to know that I just woke up in this dream, right? This is real scientific shit. You can wake up in your dream and like communicate with other dream characters and like in your life. I just woke up in this dream. I was dreaming. I was unaware that I have my own like consciousness in here. You guys are dream characters. You're you're a projection of this dream. You're going to, in like five seconds, I'm going to wake up and you're going to all disappear. Those characters would be like, in the dream, they would try to convince you that you were crazy. Because they know that if you wake up, they go away. So they would be like, you're out of your mind. What are you talking about? You're dreaming. This guy's crazy. And then you'd wake up five seconds later and they would be gone. So who's who's to say that that's not happening here? Because you don't know that you're in a dream until you wake up here. And then you're like, oh, it was a dream. Like, bro, you're still having nightmares. Like that was the realest thing you've ever felt. And you're talking about like, this is a physical reality. That's how you know that this is real. Like, so was that. I was driving my car. I remember vividly. I was about to crash it and I was terrified. Like it couldn't have been more real. So you can't use any of that stuff for an argument. And I sure as hell don't know, but it sure is really, really interesting. Yeah, that- I was I was looking into this. Well, astral projection just from some previous um, episodes we've done and some previous um, stuff that me and Aaron have been doing. And I was looking into, I've been looking into it quite a bit recently. And there was a quite a big argument about it sort of backing up simulation theory. Um, which it, it kind of does to a certain extent, but what you've just said was the counter argument to it is if it was simulation theory, we would know that we were sleeping and we were having a lucid dream. We were out of the simulation for the moment. We would be able to recognize that connection together. So that's what blew my mind because I would further and further. I was going down the uh, rabbit hole of it. I was leaning towards simulation theory until I came across that. And it's like, if it was simulation theory, there would still be a connection which you would be able to identify. The fact you can't identify that connection means there's there's a wire there which doesn't exist in your consciousness. Right. 
so now even use everything that we just kind of like have been saying, like the theme of everything that we've been saying. And like, cause that's another thing is like, so is it multiple dimensions? Is it, you know, it's simulation that we in the same people ask me all the time, are we in a simulation? And I used to want to know, I used to want to know. And then, so just like when we started, I have to ask myself and everyone the same question, who wants to know that? It's, it will, that question will change your whole life alone. If, if anyone if listening takes nothing away from this, if you want to know the answers that you're asking for, ask yourself who's asking the questions that you want the answers to, and it will change your life because it's not the you that knows everything and is connected and is intuitively guided and doesn't give a shit if this is a simulation or a, hol a hologram or it doesn't, you wouldn't care. It's the you that doesn't think you have the answers that wants to know so that you feel some control or so that you can use it in some way. Like, oh, well, if I know that it's a hologram versus a simulation, then I can, you can't do shit. Yeah, like, it's a safety, right? It's what you've been it's really safety, the right. way through. So the answer is, I don't know. And the other answer is, I don't, it doesn't matter to the me that knows that it doesn't matter. So who's asking the question, who wants to know? And I would find out that it's some part of me that doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel secure, and does not feel that I am the one so I'm coming from a position of separation, trying to feel more safe to figure out what my purpose is a little bit more or so that I could like have more knowledge instead of saying like, it's when you can really look at all the things you used to really think you needed to know and be like, I don't care. That does not affect me at all. And then somebody's like, do you think it's this? Do you think, could be. Like what was it, Aristotle? Somebody was like, at the end of his life, he's like, the one thing I know is I don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and what I, they say I, where true wisdom lies is accepting. I think it's the best. I don't know. Uh, what do I know? I know that I'm aware. I know that I'm aware of an I, like of a me, right? And the next thing is like, I know that there is something to know more than what I know now. And then when I let go of thinking I know something, it kind of comes in. And I think that source and supply is infinite. I don't think it runs out. I don't think there's a cap on what can be created. And so I'm really interested just in my life uh, to help other people realize that for themselves too, through their kind of journey and, and find that for themselves. And I'm, I'm interested for myself to see like where it goes, how far does this go? What, what, what is this conscious experience supposed to be for me? Um, and it's not surrendering from weakness. It's surrendering from, an, you know, some people are like, Oh, surrender ego surrender. Like, yeah, but like, something happens when you realize that there's a more uh, expansive, knowing, intelligent, loving, creative, that's the, the best word I think I have is we're creators, right? So there's an I that's a creator. So like, what's it creating? Well, chaos. So then the I that you're connected to is not the I that you actually are. It's not the loving, most unbelievably intelligent I that's also in you, but so is the worst, most separate, like, worst abusive self also and that because it has to you have to have that polarization but you're somewhere there observing both things and you're referencing yourself somewhere on the scale and if you can understand that like yes the worst things exist like i don't like it right but like i'm aware that it has to exist in order for me to to feel compelled or inspired to find out what like love is and does here and how does it respond and i don't know so other people are like all right so is earth like an, an experiment is it a school do we just come here like i don't i don't know but i know that 
So yeah, that's the question. Like, are we here to evolve earth? Are we here to like wake up everyone on the planet so that, you know, earth becomes this fourth density, five density? I don't know. I, I'm aware of all the lingo. Um, and I understand that there seem to be different levels of awareness and consciousness. And if people want to number that, like, I get it. I do. I've read the law of one. I understand like what they're talking about. Um, but what I found is that what that did for me, it was very, uh, it created a space where ego me, um, I could fall quickly back into an unconscious place where I was using spirituality to get to somewhere else to get to a, a 5d planet and the planet is splitting and I'm going to leave all you fuckers behind. And I'm going to be here in this beautiful place. Like, I don't think that's it. It's not for me. It's not it until it is because wherever you go, there you are. So if you're meant to be in that place, you'll wake up what there one day and then there'll be something there for you to do also, or to be, right. So until then, cause I'm not thinking, think about all the most powerful. This is another thing that really helped me. So hopefully maybe it helps someone think about all the most like, think about what ego wants you to do. Like, to it wants you to be enlightened. Ego wants to be enlightened so that it can become enlightened and spiritual enough consciously to go somewhere else, to be in a heaven, right? Like, to be away from this place. This place, we come here and we go through and we see all the craziness. And then we ascend and wake up. And we eventually end up somewhere else, right? Like that's the goal. Like it's a big thing in the spiritual community now, like trying to get somewhere else, split earth, split dimensions, wake up in a great place where you manifest all your desires. Like you can feel and hear the ego in it, especially after this conversation, like you can feel it and hear it. And I was heavy in that. I was trying to use this stuff to get somewhere else because I wanted to like have this great life. And I had to be honest with myself and realize like, there's no, and again, this is like a not yet kind of a thing, meaning like as of now, for now, everything is subject to change. But as of now, there's no place that I can imagine myself as far as being Pat's heaven on earth that I think I would want to stay in uh, very long or that I would be able to stay in long enough to not feel unbelievably unfulfilled. There's something about... I, I don't care. I know we're all one and I know that the singularity, but down here where there is suffering and there is grief and there is pain and there is ignorance and separation, like down here, there is something happening when human beings try to realize whatever gift they have from the, their own higher intelligence or heart and then give that. However, in the most small fractional way, it doesn't have to be big, the smallest fractional thing of like holding the door open, giving something, do, doing something, right? Where you're giving in that way, it's that's what's fulfilling people. So it, like the first part of the journey is realizing your value, right? That you have value because you've been you, you've been thinking you're a character that has no value for most of your life, most people, right? And you're trying to prove your value and worth in the world. And then you realize that the world doesn't contain it. So you're trying to go within to learn your value and worth and what you're connected to and who you are. And then some people want to take that and like meditate with it away and, and, and want, though I'm going to use this high vibrational frequency to get things and create this amazing life for me. And there's no amount of that, I believe, and I speak for myself only, but also not. I don't believe that there's any amount of that that will actually sustain or fulfill a person. Once you've realized your value, I believe the only thing that there is as far as what comes next is to give it. And you don't have to, you don't have to look very far to find where it's needed. 
because your own life has exactly made up for you exactly what you can do to give to to if there's something that's unloving you you're that source supply that the best you can with whatever you have give the, give that right if something is off balance provide balance however you can what is the balance that needs to happen here if somebody is feeling this way be be the source of that thing that somebody else in their ignorance as to who they are thinks they need because it's going to help wake them up to who they are too so it's these little acts every single day that ultimately as far as like the law of momentum will lead to very 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 powerful experiences for you and the air quotes others in your life in your in your dream so it, 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 that's the full, we could literally cover the full spectrum of what I feel like I'm here to speak to and uh, like absolutely what my journey has been so far, like from that separate story to a higher, a higher trust and faith in something that you also are so that you can balance and give here until you're not here anymore. And then I'm sure that wherever you, so if you are not worried about what happens after this anymore, you're not fearing it you can really show up today, right? It's the fear of all of these life and death and tragedy. It's the fear of all that that keeps us from living, right? And we're just sitting here existing and not living. And that's cliche and corny too, but it's true. So it's when, you're, when you have a less of a fear of those things, then you can really show up today. And that's when your life changes for sure. But you're not even doing it so your life changes. It's just a byproduct. It's, it's a byproduct of being who you are. And, and that is just the exponential value of that. And the fulfillment that, that I found is like, there's no words. I don't have words or meaning for it. It's just something that I just know. Yeah. I think what's great about what you're doing um, and what I've realized from today's call is, yeah, we need to find the value in ourselves. And we are all on the journey. You're on a journey. I'm on a journey. Aaron's on the journey. And what I've sort of identified that you're doing is you're able to help people open up what values they've got, or at least get them on track to find their values and then put that on them like a backpack and continue on their journey, having them values attached to them. And I can see that that's what you do. Like that just hundred percent comes off you uh, with everything that you speak about. But the beauty of what you do is you're passing that your value out to then help other people gain value to then go and do the same thing. So, what you're doing is amazing. Uh, I've just got to say that's, that's, that's what I'm, yes, that's, uh, that's the, that's the intention for sure. And you've given me a completely different outlook because on, on ego, right? Because I've always had something in my mind about ego, even before I would say I had the spiritual journey, I was always sort of, there was something in, in the air with me about ego. I was a bit off with it because I just thought ego brings out the worst in people so many times. And then we ended up reading Ego is the Enemy, you know, Ryan Holiday's book, which is like a go-to, I guess, for a lot of people. And then that made me understand a lot more about Ego and how, sort of, well, Ego is the Enemy is the name. But what you've done is sort of flipped that on its head in a sense and been like, well, everyone's got an ego. Just you need to work out how you're going to use your ego and how you're going to just accept that a person has an ego. And... Um, I guess you've kind of shown the connection and the disconnection at the same time, which has been great. Right. right. And, and, you know, I love Ryan holiday. I love like his work, but like, even if you can, you can use kind of like what we've talked about and say, okay, so there's an ego and it's an enemy. 
So we're we're saying that this thing, this ego, the story of us, the narrative, the belief systems, the you know the chaotic behavior, the trauma responses, all of that stuff that is ego, that that loop. It's just the only thing that could think think that that system is the enemy is the other side of the same system that wants to have something else to fight against. It's you can't have it's judgment. I that's judging this thing as being bad. And so who and what you are could never judge. It knows it's necessary. If that was necessary for you to awaken, there's no enemy. You've labeled it. You've labeled something. It's a label with a meaning and it implies that it exists on its own without you. It implies that there's a thing called an ego that's an enemy that exists on its own without you. And you you should look at it a certain way instead of realizing that like, no, it's breaking your attention from all of the labels and meaning you've given it and all of the chaos and trauma that it's created. And like the 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 little person, a uh, little human knocking the, the child, knocking the glass over, the, the grandparent knows like, yeah, you'll learn from that. Like that's that's part of it where you think you're this thing. But it was also the necessary part to get you to here. So if you didn't get to here because you didn't have this thing, then what? But if the only way you got to here was because of this thing you're labeling an enemy, guess what? You never leave here. So it really isn't. The journey here is atonement. The journey here is forgiveness. The journey here is acceptance. It really is. Of all of the previous versions of you that you thought were anything you thought they were and all of the ha- havoc and chaos that they created. The journey is to forgive all of those versions. I'll, I'll lay it out here if I can and what helped me the most. And I'm going to add something that that I I really, I haven't really heard it. Um, I haven't really heard it anywhere because many people are like, yeah, forgiveness, for self-forgiveness, heal your shadow work, you know, go in your into your shadow, all of your traumatic stamps and all of the parts of you, the inner child that's still pulling the strings, right? If I was bullied on the playground in high school and I, or in, in middle school or whatever, um, and I was never picked and I was beat up and beaten and, you know, bullied my whole life, like that little version of me exists in my personal mind's story, right? Bef- the day before I was bullied, that did that wasn't there in life, my the life of this human. That wasn't there. And then there was a day, the first day where I or someone was bullied real bad. There was a person outside of me that did something to me and caused me in my unawareness of who and what I am to believe a lie that said I was less than, or I wasn't enough, or I wasn't picked, or I'm not okay, or I'm not capable, or I'm not smart, or no one's going to like me. No one's ever going to love me. Something happened. There was a day before, a moment before this tramp, uh, tramp, (laughs) this traumatic stamp And then there was a moment where it happened. And then there was a moment after. The moment before, no worries. That's all right. The moment it happens, traumatic stamp, bang. It's cellularly, viscerally trapped in my body. And it's the beginning of the seed of the personal story of Pat changing. Now, the day after, even though this event happened once when I was six, and I'm making this up, I'm sure it happened. I got bullied like everyone else. But... This this seed is planted. And because it's such a real thing that I, unaware of who I am, believe, it develops a story that says I'm unlovable. No one wants me. I'm not chosen. I don't feel safe. 
I don't feel heard. I'm not valued or validated. This sucks. And I might try to run from that little seed and story. I might try to distract myself from it. I might try to go out in the world and try to prove it wrong. All fine. But the fact is the seed is a lie. The seed is a lie. The experience has nothing to do with who or what you are, but it becomes a defining moment in what you tell yourself you will be. And then that air quotes manifests itself because what you give your attention to expands in your reality and you go out of your way to see those things. Your brain goes out of its way to bring those things to your attention because what you give your attention to, it, you, must want to see more of it. Otherwise, this powerful decision maker that you are, like, why would you give your attention to shit you don't want to see, right? Like, there must be part of you that believes it to be true. Whatever you believe to be true about yourself is what is being shown to you. So if I have this deep core idea that I am unlovable or no one loves me or the, uh, whatever, I'm useless, then I'm going to try, I'm either going to accept that and be like victim, woe is me, no one loves me, fine. Or I'm going to do what I did, which is try to go out in the world and like outperform that voice and prove to my dad and everyone that I was not, that wasn't true, but it doesn't matter what they think. I think it. So the forgiveness aspect of this is like, yeah, you have to forgive the people that you thought are, were external that did anything to you that created this storyline. The first part is forgiving them, right? Like I forgive you dad for not coming to my race when I was six, because you will have an, you're also a human who has the life and you're going through your own shit. Like, but when I'm younger, I think the whole world revolves around me and everybody should do what I said. So I forgive you for, you know, if you're a terrible, terrible air quotes as perceived by me, you know, parent or guardian, or you're a terrible friend, like, and I'm holding you accountable for where I am. Like, nope, that goes, I forgive you, blah, 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 blah. Because you guys made me feel this way. And because of that, all this havoc in my life was created. Follow this one. All of this havoc was created in my life because I went out and chased the wrong people because I needed to get validation and I was trying to get love and I was you know, doing all these things. I became an addict. I became a whatever, all fine. Part of it, right? There's no judgment, it's part of it. Whatever happens in your story, it's great. It's one six and a half, half a dozen the other. But forgiving the others is the first step because I, I had gone through this loop so many times of like, I'm like, I have literally forgiven, forgiven, like the, like the grandparent, right? Forgiven, like, like, like there's me, a me that can forget. But I went through this forgiveness where I forgive everyone for all the stuff you guys did that really fucked me up and made my life shit. The only way that I can make my life better is if I release all of you from being the reason, the source, the external source of like my choices. And, and, you know, I remove the power I gave you. I take the power back and I forgive you. Uh, Pretty altruistic, right? Uh, Self-righteous, I mean. So now I would, I had done that. Like I really, but truly didn't hold anybody accountable. Like I sold everybody accountable for where I was. It was pretty gross. And then I got to a point like years ago where I was like, yeah, I don't do that anymore. Like I don't hold anybody accountable for where I am. I really like, I really truly, sorry, my foot's falling asleep. I really truly know that like everyone's on their own journey. And like, I'm the villain in some people's story too. You know, it's not just everybody like the villain in mine. Like I wild out to some people too. So like, I had done all this forgiveness work and saw, I still saw like life being a reflection in a mirror. I still saw all of this craziness everywhere. I still like things were not shifting or changing. I still felt terrible inside. Like it didn't make any sense. 
it was literally still like there were all these like inner child versions of me like pulling the strings and I could like I would just fall right back into unconscious and then I would do something ridiculous and be like what is going on like take responsibility Pat like what's going on and then I would go back to old versions of me and do shadow work again and I didn't understand because I'm sitting here and I'm like I am doing my best to like forgive versions of me right forgive the external world and then you have to forgive yourself right? I forgive all these versions of me. And I'm like, I've even forgiven all the versions of me that were like wiling out and doing crazy stuff and like putting people like, I mean, I was crazy. I forgave all of the versions of me. I've forgiven you. Why am I still feeling this way and going through all this shit? And like, I had a meditation, like I did this meditation and I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this because we have all the answers that we need. We just, we're too scared of what they are. So we might ask like, what's going on here? But we don't really want to know because the meaning we've given the answer, we don't believe we're more powerful then. But if you're really ready and willing to be like, I got to find out what's at the bottom of this. Why is this happening? And you're really ready for it. You'll hear the answer. You'll know intuitively like what's going on. So I felt like I was ready to hear this answer. I'm like, why is this still happening? I've forgiven all of the versions of me. I've forgiven everyone else in my life. And yet I still feel like I'm like suffering you know, and being like shown all these things in my life. I don't want to say And I heard uh, like a little intuitive voice that was like, um, you, you're doing it backwards. I was like, what? Like, what is it? How, what am I doing backwards? I was like, you're doing it backwards. You think you need to forgive all of those versions of you. And I'm like, yeah, that's like everything I was ever taught. Forgive everybody in my life. Like it's not their fault. There's no fault. Nothing's happening to me. Like I, I released everyone, no resistance. And I really did it. Like, I would love, wish you well on your journey, do your thing. And it's like, right. And then oh, what about all the versions of myself in my life and all the choices that I made and all the chaos? Like, yeah, no, I really like, I don't hold me accountable for that in that negative way. Like I'm doing, I want to do better and make new choices because of it, but I'm not bashing myself and beating myself up because of it. Like in judgment, I've released judgment. And then it was just this thing. It was clear as day. And I was like, oh boy. I was like, I need their forgiveness. I need the forgiveness of, of me when I was six. I need the forgiveness of me when I was seven. I need them to forgive me. And I'll explain why. Because most people are going to be like, what the are you talking about, bro? We're unaware again of who and what we are, right? We don't know we're this powerful connected source. We're on a journey to find that. So of course... There's no forgiveness needed because you just, you were unaware. You literally didn't know you're on a journey to know. So this is what your journey was. So that's the cycle. There's no judgment, right? But in the moment when the person is being bullied in the moment that I'm being bullied on the playground and I'm creating a story and the seed's been planted that I'm terrible and I'm not enough and I'm garbage and no one's going to love me. And I have to, I have to now, because of this seed, I have to do all these things in the world to overcompensate because of that. I blamed all of the external people in my life, which is why logically it would make sense that I would think I would need to forgive them to release me from it. But in fact, what's happened is I, in that moment, even though I was unaware, it doesn't matter. At six, I believed it's the beginning of the process. I believed them and what they thought about me or what they thought I was, or then I believed my source. I let doubt slip in, in the moment that I was, 
foliage. So now I'm not a kid running around chasing butterflies and one with God and the universe and flowers and enjoying my little life connected to everything with no story or meaning or no, not even knowing my name. Now I'm Pat. He's been bullied. My friends don't like me and I'm not smart and I'm not good at math and blah, 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 blah. Like now this story starts. And in that, I turned my back on me. I turned my back on me. And because of that, I became a self that did chaotic, tremendous, ridiculous things in the world. So it wasn't until I, that I, as I stand here now, even though it's only like not necessary, but part of the process, I said, I was sorry to all of the versions of me for doubting that we are who we truly are and for putting them through all the shit I put them through until I became aware enough of who I am to move forward with them. It wasn't until I asked for forgiveness from them in this part of the journey that I was actually able to say that I'm completely free from my past. Other, other, uh, before that, I was still thinking I was doing the work and trapped because they hated me for what I put them through because I believed the outside world more than I believed my internal connection. It was wild. Yeah, that's crazy. The well, so in a, in a sense, you, you you manifested it from that age, from the, uh, well, you're right. And again, like that's like, just really quickly. It depends on what you believe. Assuming that this is like a one-time deal, like if you believe there's a soul, and that this is your first rodeo, experiencing the dream world or the life. And you could say that my life here was manifested from when I was all of those ages and everyone's like, every moment is unfolding, right? Like, so everything being connected, you can't find the start of anything. That's important actually to like, you, you can't find the start of anything. So we can't say that all of the things in my life, that's why I know it. I know for myself that it's just one game, one loop from the ultimate connection of the truth to the ultimate believing of the lie. And it's just infinitely happening. And it's all one thing happening all the time at the same time. And you need the dark and the light so that you can know what's happening here. So I explained like, it's powerful what you just said. We're like, so you you met you, like who? Follow, follow from everything we just talked about. So you're like, you manifested that since you were six, right? So if we're talking in human terms and egoic aspects of life, yes, there was a pat that was six. And from the moment that Pat believed those lies about himself, as a result, that unfolded for him. The experiences of what I believed that truth to be manifested or unfolded, they revealed themselves to me from within, externally, well, there's no external, it's one thing, right? My internal projected what I thought of me outside, and I went through some shit and had really hard times in life and terrible relationships and like, really wild, addictive, codependent, uncontrollable behaviors. All of it was a result of what we're calling this catalyst, this traumatic stamp of one event, but multiple events, right? So we could say, let's point to like, well, that's when it started. You, you, It's right and wrong. So you'd be like, yeah, that's definitely when that started. The next one is, is like, so what caused that? Right? So now you have to go back. So if you're thinking of yourself as one human being in linear time from birth to death, it's all true. If you're thinking of yourself as an infinite soul 
that is on an infinite, repetitive, never-ending journey to know itself and give itself and know itself and forget itself and give itself and know itself and forget itself and give itself on an infinite loop, then you've done this before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but I'm just going to say you've done this before. Since the beginning of not having a beginning, because it's an infinite loop, what is the source? Meaning that that event couldn't have happened if the kid who bullied me didn't have something inside of him that caused him to believe that he wasn't connected to the source so that that happened to me in that moment in time and started my manifestation. So that means that my manifestation and impact is a result of his. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the effect of his cause in that story. So then we can say, well, that, so then it started when that kid was bullied by his father that morning. And then when he came here and then bullied you, right. So, right. For me, it happened here, but in reality, in the timeline, it happened in his, so his father was beat by his, so how far back do you want to go? Yeah, because then you could be going to like ancestors of like his father's father, his father's father's father. Right. So who knows? Exactly. So who knows? But now just imagine that you, the I, you are none of those versions of you. You're there's not Pat, there's no Pat. Pat is literally a name that was given to me by I didn't even choose it. But it's become my whole identity story of pat is a wild one but i promise you that i have experiences without referencing it and those are the most expansive freeing moments of my life when i'm not restricted by the character of pat and its cause and effect and the story of when it started and stopped like when you just know that that's just an infinite process of ego evolving or moving or being a necessary constant meaning like you don't know yourself as being infinitely connected until you believe yourself to be finite and separate. You have to know that you're both. So there's no fighting or killing the ego. It's literally this part of the process to get you to where you are. And as far as I'm concerned, like I, I don't think, I think you're with it until you're without it. So people that are trying to get rid of it, good luck. Meaning that listen to the most, this is actually going to reference something. This is going to be fun to listen to back because there's so many like weird like connection things. Like going back to, um, before I was going to say all of the people who are teaching this that are like 80, 90 years old, think about the people, I've been teaching it for 60 years and doing this and everything like, like, why are they still here? Like, these are people that like egoic versions of me and spirituality enlightenment. I was dying to be that person who was so spiritually enlightened and like free of the ego and the ego is completely gone. And I'm just a spiritual elevated being like sitting here, like, why are you still fucking here? What are you doing here? Because I'm trying to be you. So I go somewhere else or that my life changes a lot and you're it. And you're just sitting in a room in an auditorium teaching hundreds of people that they're not an ego. So like you didn't vanish. You didn't go, you're here. So like, what, what do I think is going to happen by getting rid of my ego. Like Sadhguru still knows that he was called a person named Sadhguru. Eckhart Tolle still puts books out and on the bottom of the book of the power now, it says fucking Eckhart Tolle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so the people that Ryan Holiday is like, kill the ego, fuck the ego. I promise you it says Ryan Holiday at the bottom of that book. So like, you don't kill, you don't do, it's part of the process to get you to realize that you're, you needed one to get to the other but you were always the other. 
disguised as the one. And then now you get to use both until you're not here to do that anymore. And then you'll know what to do when you get to the next place that you are. This episode has been such a eye-opener. It's insane. It's, it's been great. insane what you've, what you've been talking about. I love this. You guys are great. <laughs> You've taken us on a wild journey today. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy fun journey, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> but sometimes it is, you know? It's a little bit of both. It's, it's, yeah. It's an interesting thing, this life. I love your energy as well, man. You got so much energy. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's been great. Um, do you want to just plug some of the stuff that you did? Oh, sure. Yeah, we're actually um, my wife to be Gina. Um, she's a big part of uh, wh what we do here. Um, and we're in the process of building, um, building out an awesome uh, membership platform for people that are like want to really practically do the same things that we're talking about, because it's one thing to intellectually know it. And it's another thing to apply it practically every day. Um, so we're building out this awesome uh, membership platform, there's a wait list for it, and people can sign up for the, for the wait list it's going to have uh so many amazing uh you know perks inside of it a whole course of foundations where we talk about all all the principles we covered today there's going to be content on each of those things and how they relate to uh themselves and each other and uh and lives and q a is every single month so it's a really really cool thing that we're working on and we just created a journal too but that's we, we didn't get the proof of that yet sent to us so that's in the process but um, so I can send you the links as far as where people can find the, the list or the membership. I, I would be really grateful. That would be really cool. 100%. Have you got like an ETA of when it's going to launch? Uh, it's probably, it's, uh, what are we? It's, it's supposed to be by the end of this month. So coming, coming November, it should, it should be live right now. The wait list is, is active and it should be live. And it's a, uh, it's like attracts, like evolution.com is the website. That's where anybody can go to find all of this stuff that we do. And the, the way to sign up to the wait list is on there as well. Yeah, it's the main page. It's it's pretty much going to be all we do. Cool. Yeah, cool. We'll leave that all in the description. But thank you yeah. so much for uh, oh, your time today. So, it's been amazing. So grateful. I appreciate you guys so much. I, I really, this has been awesome. Cheers, Pop. All right, guys. Thank right. you very much. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you later. Thank you. Bye.